Hey, yo, what's good? What's good? What's good? Welcome to Reflections of a DJ The Road Podcast presented by DJ City. Um, we got me, one of your hosts, DJ Crooked. <laughs> we got uh, DJ Never. Yeah, what's up? We got uh, DJ D Miles. What's good? What's good? We got Jamie the Great. Yeah. And, uh, yo, we got a special guest, man. I've known this dude for a few years now. Uh, got to know him through the clubs out here in Vegas. Uh, and surprisingly, I did not know how nasty he was until <laughs> I saw him in person. And then I found out this legacy, this how much of a legend he was. Yeah, and well, he's I mean, part of this legendary crew, the Beat Junkies. We got. We don't the, know about this in New York. We don't know. We didn't know about. <laughs> we didn't know about it in New York. That's why. <laughs> but I learned about it out here, and I got schooled out here, and I got everyone was telling me this is the goat. We got the goat oh, here, shit, DJ Melody in the building. Yeah, yeah. yeah, thank you for that. What's up, fellas? What's up, man? What's up? Yeah, good to have you here, man. Yeah, and no, it's good to be here, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I love so like, to Vegas. when I was coming into Vegas, like uh, you were like, I came in like 2005, 2006. Yeah, you were coming in like probably 2007 ish. You, you I came were in right like, behind you, actually. Like yeah, I came in pause. February. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> hey, yo, hey, yo. <laughs> I came in shortly after you yeah, did. Yeah. Perfect. I, I perfect. came in, uh, yeah, February of uh, 06. 06. Yeah, yeah. 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 So. Um, uh, long-winded story, uh, uh, but long story short, um, I did like a few auditions at Body English. Mm-hmm. Ended up blocking that that Saturday night. Yeah, you were at Body English, and then you also at Jet. Yeah, at Jet. And That's where I met you at Jet. Yeah, yeah, and did a couple years at the Palms after that. We actually had uh, like m- you and I had one of the shortest residencies ever, which was at Eve. Oh yeah, that shit lasted like three weeks. It was an Eva Langoria's nightclub restaurant. I forgot about that. Yeah, I think it lasted a month and a half. Maybe two months long. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. But when it opened, I mean, it was. That's right. I forgot about that. It was kind of. It was already a rough start, though, right? Yeah, just the whole the whole way they. I've never even seen the spot. Okay, it was cool. It wasn't you know wasn't really. You walked in for me. It didn't really feel like a nightclub. You know what I'm saying? How many nights did you end up doing? I did. Yo, I ended up being there like three nights a week. I think. Really? It was yeah, like Thursday or Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Like it started as one because one of. The former managing partners of Body English, uh, Corey McCormack, he was involved, yeah, and so he pulled me in, um, and then introduced me to the I forget the the guys' names that ran the the dancing production or whatever. I don't know, but I don't know whatever was happening behind the scenes. But apparently, like after the first couple times I played, um, they were at, like asking for me to can I be there more? So yeah, I was yeah. like, yeah, okay, cool, like whatever. Not just playing around, y'all. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like so, but yeah, I forgot about that. Damn, I think that I, was only, crazy. I only did like two dates. And I think I bumped into you. I forgot if you were spinning, if I was spinning. She. And then I think we were talking. And Mike Carbonell was DJing there too, right? Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Shout out to Mike. And then uh, <laughs> I think shortly after, I was like. It was a wrap. I, I, think I, was like, I think the two nights that I was there, it was like pretty. It was like it wasn't packed. It was yeah. like semi-full. Yeah. Right, right. And then I think I saw you and it was like semi-full. Yeah. And then I was talking to Mike. I'm like, how do you think this is going to go? He's like, I don't know, man. <laughs> and I was just like, all right. And then, like, a few weeks later, they were like, yo, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. Yeah. Grand opening, grand closing. Grand, grand opening, grand closing. <laughs> I feel like there were a lot of clubs doing that at that time. Yeah. Because uh, it was around. That's like it 2013. Remember the act? The act? That, that was another spot. Yeah. I DJ there once too. That yeah. was at Venetian, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I never forget. I was the, the act. That the, shit was weird. The too, Friday, man. I was supposed to DJ there. Uh huh. They decided they were going to close that weekend. Damn. So I never got to DJ at the spot. The act grand closing. Yeah, they had like a weird concept. Though. Yeah, like they were like you would DJ, and then in the middle they would stop you DJing to do like a little burlesque thing on stage. Yeah, but like it a midget. Even, it like wasn't. It wasn't woman. burlesque. It was like crazy, like almost like um, 
like a oh that was a circus yeah, you, joint yeah okay yeah. I remember that That's no weird. but it's it's still in New York yeah right yeah it's, it's big in New York right it's yeah. really big in New York it's mm -hmm. still going strong in New York yeah. it's yeah. still like really doing it's really thriving in New York yeah. they brought it to Vegas but I think I think the location number one was really weird yeah yeah it was kind of in the pocket right it's kind yeah. of yeah. Hotel it was hard somewhere. to find and yeah but it was always busy though like the times I went there it was never slow. It was, but I th I don't know, man. I think that, yeah, but they used to do, like, weird shit. Like, there would be a guy up, like, a cowboy up there. Yeah. And then he would, so what do you call those shits that clean the toilets? I don't plunger? know. Plunger. No, the brushes. Oh, right. Oh. Toilet brush. The toilet toilet. Brush. He would yeah. stick that shit up his ass. Stop doing that motion. <laughs> yeah, they some weird, yeah, they were on, they were on some Jamie, look at what I'm doing. You see Stop what I'm doing? doing? He would Peter, do this. Peter, yeah. zoom into the motion that he's doing. <laughs> yeah, the night I was there, there was some dude that came out for whatever show they were doing the dude was wearing a fucking baphomet mask yeah. i was like yo what is this like it was just like oh yeah it was weird man it was, it was pretty yeah. odd it was and fun though i mean so the, so like it was cracking you like would dj for cracking. like 20 minutes right right and then and a then show would come out yeah and then you would dj for another 20 minutes and then a show yeah come yeah out. did y'all have to wear the uh the radio they had me wearing the radio piece that no, night no, they no, wanted no, to no, communicate because no. remember there wasn't the dj booth like yeah, up was, top of the was, balcony. Yeah, yeah. Man, that's, I'm trying yeah. to DJ wear headphones and I'm wearing like this this radio mic so I can listen to the production. Like they're <laughs> oh. trying to kill me. I'm like, man, fuck, I'm not doing this <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> and it didn't really it didn't really have a dance floor either, right? Like no, just, yeah, that's right. It was, was kind of like standing room only yeah. in front of the stage. Yeah, I think it would have done better if it was in a better location. Yeah, yeah, because it was yeah. interesting. Like I would have, I wouldn't have mind going there on my off night, like during mm. the week, just mm -hmm. to check it out. Yeah. Yeah, the concept but, was cool. Just yeah, it just didn't fly right. That yeah, was over yeah. for what, like maybe a year. Yeah, yeah, a year or so. About, yeah. yeah, no, but the, the I mean the party itself. I remember that. Yeah, I was jumping. That like, was like a weird time though. They were like when a lot of clubs were like opening, and yeah. then they were just closing like yeah. after a year or some shit. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the fuck it was, it was like. They, Damn, yeah, because even like man. that. What uh, Bagatelle was here for a hot Bagatelle. Tropicana. Yeah. Damn man, <laughs> Bagatelle. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Calling out all these short lived yeah. clubs wow. right now. Bagatelle, and then it turned into something else after Bagatelle and it lasted for a few months yeah i mean i went there yeah. once five was djing there was a, like a brunch or something they used to yeah, do yeah, right? yeah, yeah. that yeah. was the big thing yeah, yeah. yeah. brunch and yeah, that's yeah. the thing too because that still goes on in new york the bagatelle brunch is popping is it still in new york or what i heard it's still popping uh, but and then even in la i think the one in la closed but the one mm. in la was popping for a that one in miami or sunday brunch yeah mm, okay um what do you call it? now that we got you here uh we kind of we've been doing research on it and these and you know jamie um D Miles and P Dot, they're you know they're from Cali, so they they know they, okay. they got the history about you guys. So me and but me and me and never you know we're, yeah, you guys we're are from the East Coast. We're from the East Coast, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I, I was very I was aware of J Rock mixtapes. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But you know with you coming out, I remember everyone was, everyone was like, "Yo, Melody, Melody," and I'd be like, "Fuck is oh, Melody?" Yeah, <laughs> and they'd be like, "You don't know the Beat Junkies?" I'm like, "I don't know what the fuck. I know the Beat Nuts. I don't know yeah. the Beat Junkies. <laughs> Fucking psycho." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then uh, what do you call it? You, you guys, I mean, so you guys started '92, right? You guys kind of formed, yeah, like we, Voltron in '92. Yeah, so J Rock, he's um, we call him the Funky President. He's actually the one that kind of like clicked us all together mm -hmm. and actually like came up with the idea of forming a DJ crew, right? Uh -huh. But in the maybe year or two prior to that, um, we were we're all basically based out of Southern California mm -hmm. for the most part. Um, a few of us came from uh, the area I grew up in, which is Cerritos, which is um, a small suburb. Um, it's right smack dab in the middle of LA and Orange County. So I'm like. 10 miles north to downtown LA right. and the beach is 10 miles south of me. Um, that's, so that's where I was born and raised. What, what, was, what, what was the likelihood of all of you guys being so nasty 
and being friends and then just having to start this click or like how did this fucking happen so yeah. i don't know like in new york um because i didn't make it out to new york until my younger adult years but in southern california like mobile djing was huge like i'll, I'll say in california in general like up in the bay down in la so we would have like mobile mobile crew so yeah. you know cats would go out and do like, like a system yeah, yeah like you know bass cabinets like the whole shit you right. know what i'm saying and like cats would go out and do like house parties high school dances quinceañeras all that stuff um but you know these are primarily young guys like you know teenagers doing this mm -hmm. like you know 15 to 20 year old young kids mm -hmm. and so this is in the 80s so we're playing like you know latin freestyle miami bass music um you know a lot of west coast hip-hop whatever was coming out of the east coast at the time queen latifah stuff like that yeah, yeah. party yeah. music you know what i'm saying and in that scene um a lot of the djs we had k-day um 1580 k-day so mm -hmm. That was like like Tony G, Julio G. That's like our Grandmaster Flash, our Cool Herc. Mm. They pioneered the whole mix show shit. That was like on the, the West Coast. first um, radio station that played hip hop twenty four hours. Correct. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they played some R and B too. I mean, R and B, but, but definitely hip hop as were, well. Yeah, and they were the first ones to ever basically do live mixing on the air, and they oh, would wow. get busy. You know, I mean, that's always kind of been the West Coast style. So they kind of fathered like that whole style, and yeah, that trickled cool, down. Julio G put you on. Right? Yeah, 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 on the radio. But that they they fathered kind of that whole style, like technically the the DJ style, mm -hmm. and that trickled down to all these mobile sound systems like everybody would like want to just be dope everyone wanted to be able to mimic what they heard on the radio and then you know at the same wow. time we're studying um you know jazzy jeff dj cash money mm -hmm. um dj scratchy pmd like all the greats um yeah. on the west we had joe cooley dj aladdin um mm -hmm. toddy t mix master spade so and again on like you know west coast djs they were into they were just about fucking shit up right you know what i'm saying so that's kind of what like inspired all of us mm -hmm. and so again um to answer your question so Myself, Rhett Matic, DJ Curse, we all came from Cerritos. J-Rock's like 10 miles south down in Orange County, closer mm -hmm. to the beach. Um, we connected with Short and, um, Shortcut and D-Styles years later there from the Bay. But um, that was kind of our common thread. Like um, we all just, you know, we're kind of known for getting busy. Um, I kind of came up under those guys' wings because Curse and Rhett, they already had these huge mobile systems. And they were doing like these hall parties with like a thousand plus like 18 year old, 18 plus 18 and over events and then we got like a thousand kids and they had this club um called spice on hollywood boulevard that ran for like maybe a couple years um from like 91 to like 93 and that shit was fucking out of here fucking cracking every week they had like two rooms the main room was like the party room they were playing like you know classic hip-hop mm -hmm. funk 80s r&b like fly shit you know and then they had this side room where it was like curse retmatic they had set up four turntables and that was the room i went in every every week i kind of just walked straight through the main right, room right. i wasn't the party dude fucking trying to holler at girls i was just like i was dj nerd trying to learn how to fucking dj and so i want to go study these guys retmatic's room they were doing like backpack hip-hop and like yeah exactly shit. so this is like you know like early 90s hip-hop black sheep digable planets all the right. classics you know what i'm saying like um stuff like that and um you know west coast stuff too but um but yeah they have four turntables and so you know, that was kind of like my first time ever seeing cats actually two by four. I guess is what you guys call it now, right? Yeah, two right. by four. But motherfuckers was getting busy. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And so, um, so I would just go in there every week and just kind of be the fly on the wall. And I didn't really know them at the time. And finally, a uh, one night curse, um, who's a member of the B Junkies, he approached mm -hmm. me, um, kind of at the night as the night was starting, and he steps to me and is like, "Yo, man, you're you're in the house every week. Like, bring some records through next time." I was like. Psh hell yeah like you know so yeah, next it was week that I, easy yeah i mean he you know like he that approached shit would me, never so. happen now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, right? <laughs> no, we, we, we would never see a dude that came here every week and be bring like your laptop bring, i mean bring your laptop <laughs> shit wasn't happening in new york either man <laughs> yeah um, they were way like more like who the fuck are you yeah exactly why is this why you keep coming showing up man? yeah, yeah. <laughs> security 
yeah exactly <laughs> but um anyhow so that's how i formally kind of connected with those ca- with those cats and then uh, from there we just you know we kind of started practicing together yeah um you know if rhett maddick had a gig he'd call me be like yo Melo, i got this house party you want to roll out like yeah so you know and i would tag along with them and then vice versa if i had a what gig, was like, the style when you were djing back then so you know i always hear the radio style where it's like Blending the instrumental and then scratching the... Oh, when I was on the air? Well, like, like I mean, at the party, at that party that you were talking about. Okay, so, yeah, that was pretty much the style. Um, you but know, it was, on the it West was Coast. formulated from the radio, right? Yeah, we were, so the West Coast, um, you know, this is, again, late 80s. I'd say mid-80s to, like, up until 2000. Like, the West Coast style of mix show or mixing has always been, um, we've been very avid about using doubles two copies right. of every record right and utilizing our instrumentals mm-hmm. transition to the next song mm-hmm. um and then you know we would do doubles you know what i'm saying like take two copies of the same record it's time and you know what i mean like get busy a little bit mm-hmm. yeah. um but that was kind of the style like in terms of like mixing from song to song right. it was like you know having two copies of every record yeah and you guys i know y'all got records so you guys can remember like yo 12 inches were dope man they had like you know some of the dance stuff would have like double pellas yeah. some of the hip-hop would have right, scratch right, yeah, yeah. acapellas mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yo, man you could you get real creative like back in the day so uh, i always thought it was interesting because even in new york we would we wouldn't blend in instrumentals very rarely would we do that yeah at a mm-hmm. party we drop it on the one yeah yeah we drop it or mix it <laughs> in or just even just drop it mm-hmm. and then yeah. just like or just you know really just mix it in but right, i always right. i found it interesting that whenever i talked to west coast dj said like oh, i always learned from the radio yeah and then you know it was basically mixing in the instrumental Right. Probably scratching in the yeah. the other joint and just juggling it around and whatever, right? And fucking with it. And yeah. then did that kind of formulate to the way the beat junkies kind of like, kind of the way you guys did routines and stuff? Because you guys do a lot of work with doubles, right? Yeah, I mean that's more like party rocking. Um, that's kind of like um, what we something we would do like live, like if we're playing a gig, because um, you know you don't want to disrupt the flow of. Uh, of the music um, right, you right. don't want to like you know start up start doing like strobe routines and like battle type <laughs> right, shit right, you know right, what i'm right. saying like yeah. you want the party to keep keep rocking but i noticed like when i see a lot of your routines and stuff which are nasty on instagram thank you man. Yeah. Thank ridiculous and i remember like uh there was a couple james brown routines that you would do like at mm. tau and i'd be like what the fuck this is crazy and it was so it was so like it and it's so like flawless and perfect oh, and it's man. like the timing uh i, I remember like uh I know this is a little off topic, but it, it reminds me of this, is that I would speak to, like, uh, one of my dudes was in martial arts, and you compare, like, Jackie Chan and Jet Li, mm. and I'd be like, uh, what the fuck is the difference? And he's like, well, Jackie Chan is, like, his form is not good, uh-huh. but he's entertaining. He says, but Jet Li's form is impeccable, and he's entertaining. Yeah. Mm. So, like, I always thought of you as, like, that like the jet league when i would hear him it'd be like it'd be impeccable mixes it wasn't oh, like word. it's because new york would be a little sloppy sometimes right yeah mm-hmm. we'd be a little sloppy we get the job done but you know whatever sloppiness was kind of a part of the like the art of it all yeah but you're like you're literally like it was it was Perfect. you sound pre-recorded oh, like in a studio <laughs> yeah no Do you know oh, what i make mistakes true. all the time too i'm offbeat every now and again but i don't know um, if it's not but the the whole west coast style that really just comes back to just kind of my environment like you know yeah. coming up as a dj like uh west coast was all always really big on i mean not just myself but all the djs i feel like just you know a big part of our formula mixing was the eight bar blend mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying yes, like if you yeah, guys ever yes, heard me dj in the clubs yeah. like you know like yeah i would do that i mean it's more effective in the club that they, right, they right. would you know drop on the one like you know more east coast style mm-hmm. but like radio um 
live rocking um, for sure. We are always, you know, very big on the eight bar blend and yeah. like, mm-hmm. coming in yeah. with which, that which instrumental. Which is why a lot of those. Uh, at the time, the Lethal Weapons, the what, oh, what right, Mixed right. Factors. Yeah, the Mixed yeah, Factors. Yeah. Those all came from versions. the West Coast, yeah. Yeah, yeah they did. You're we right. never got You're those. Right. We, we, we never had, never had yeah. on the East Coast. Yeah. Yeah. So, Damn, okay. Like, so, I didn't even know those existed until I moved out to Vegas. Matter of fact, I would pay like 30 to $40 just for one of those Mixed Factors yeah. and Lethal Weapons, and right. I would spend yeah. like 250 to $300, $400. Yeah. Like there was another one called Rerun, right? Or there was several. Yeah, there was a, there was a, a Rerun, Rerun yeah, Lethal yeah. Weapon, yeah, yeah Mix Factor, Mix. I still it. got some um, labeled in Maserato as Lethal Weapon. Yeah, intro. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that yeah, got. those were dope. Those were like really like uh, handy tools back yeah, in the yeah. day for sure. So yeah. when you guys were coming up and you guys were doing the sound system parties, you guys were going around and stuff. J Rock was like collectively, we should just kind of uh, like team up. Was Basically, and I, I had a question. Did you guys team up on a business level to be like, look, we can form this crew and then we could do like multiple parties here and there? Or was it on some like DJ battle shit? Were there like other crews forming? No, we were kind of the first. Um, I think the executioners or formerly the X-Men, which is right. Rob Swift, Rock Raider, you know, RIP. Right. Um, they it, it was really close. They might have been form formulated around the same time but to answer your question you know we were young man we were like early 20s and so again our common denominator being music and you know j-rock was never he would get busy like he would scratch with us and stuff but i don't know if you guys have ever seen him dj or you know had a chance to talk to him or meet him or speak to him but he's um he's really more of a mixed dj yeah like he's a fucking heavy record collector his like collection is stupid like you, you can talk music his any mix genre tapes, his mixtapes are insane insane bro, bro. Soul and, samples, um, he's always in the lab like to this day and so you know he was always again us doing these these events together these clubs these um you know restaurant bars house parties etc etc us djing together it was his basically his idea his concept was yo like we're practicing together we're djing together you know we're tagging along with each other to the gigs let's just form this super crew right. let's call it the beat junkies and so all that like was his his idea mm-hmm. um and that was in yeah 92 um but again in the year or so prior to that that's kind of like when we were kind of just building as homies um but to answer your question not nah, we weren't really thinking like yo we're gonna form this you know we're gonna call it beat junkies <laughs> llc yo and, <laughs> like, i'm gonna own 10 percent. you're gonna get you know none of, <laughs> we weren't thinking on that level well, at all i, I was know? wondering like you know like you know like obviously in new york there was gangs and stuff and it was breakdancing gangs and it turned into like mm-hmm. hip-hop and all of this crazy yeah. shit and i was just wondering if it, in la if there was other battle DJs out there and they just started cruising, you're like, yo, we're the beat junkies and stuff like that. But um, you guys, I mean, you guys just celebrated your 25th year anniversary in 2017, yeah. Uh, right? Yeah, we didn't really formally celebrate, but yeah, it was our 25th, yeah, 2017. Well, you launched your school. Yeah, that right. was kind it was of like our it way was of 25th, celebrating. Right? Right. So you launched your school, mm-hmm. and I feel like you guys, like you just said, like, oh, you know, we were just like in our 20s, we just started a crew, yeah. and then... I mean, you guys are kind of like a corporation now. You, yeah, we, like, <laughs> like you got. Yeah, we have a few. Um, you know what I mean? On paper, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. On, I mean, on paper, <laughs> on paper, I mean, uh, you have a record pool. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not as good as DJ Cities, but you know, just because <laughs> they sponsor us, you know. What I'm <laughs> uh, no, but you have a record pool, yeah. right? You mm-hmm. guys have. Uh, I guess you guys are doing merch as well, mm-hmm. and then you guys, like you said, you launched like a YouTube. Beat. Is it a YouTube channel or is it? Is it beat? It's we have a YouTube channel. Yeah, we've had it for years. But the just, Beat uh, Junkies TV, you Beat Junkies TV. So that's a website. That's, that's our a website. On, that's okay. A, that's our online DJ school, and okay. it's also a subscription model. Got uh, it. Yeah, okay. Right, right. So that's for people that physically can't make it to our 
actual DJ school in, in yeah. LA. Got um, it. So yeah, and oh, so, so so you have the physical school, right. and then you have like an online crash school. course. Correct. Crash so wow. we basically the online is um, we basically film um, we film pretty much twice a month. Wow. And uh, we film pretty much all the lessons, all the curriculum, all the t- concepts, um, you know, from beginner to intermediate to advanced. We film all those and wow. s- in videos. So we have, I think, close to 150 videos now. Is there like a membership to that? Yeah. So there's uh, basically s- uh, same same formula as our record pool. So yeah. um, there's a one month, a three month, and a year, an annual. So, you know, I think the, the monthly is 35. Uh, the three month is 90. I think the annual is 360. Mm-hmm. I think the prices might mirror our record pool. I have to double check. But I tried to join the school when it first opened, like the first two weeks. Mm. And I was like, oh, I'll pay whatever money to get some scratch lessons for Melody. Oh. But that wasn't part of the curriculum yet. Uh, so <laughs> Private lessons. Yeah, they were like, oh, no, you got to start from like, you know, the beginner's course. And I was like, oh, I know half of this Wait, shit. Wait, when did you go right. there? This is like the second week it started, like 2017. So you, you heard that the school. Yeah, it's right by my house. Okay. It's like, and they, they approved your application? Yeah, they did. <laughs> They're like, yo. You're good. Yeah. Like, did you fill it out in crayon? Or what yeah. Because okay. <laughs> there was a lot of kids there, too. Right? They're all practicing. And they wanted to put you in the class picture, with the little kids? I'm, yeah, yeah, the little I'm kids. I'm, I'm, thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking Billy Madison, remember? I got hold back. <laughs> I got Billy <laughs> Madison. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, um, the school um, itself, the curriculum, it took us um, effectively, essentially about a year to build out to just, you know, just to all of us kind of put our, our heads together. What are we going to teach? How are we going to teach it? Um, you know, and when we opened, probably around the time you came, we were still kind of figuring it yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it took us like a good, I'll say year, because we were kind of just, you know, we had ideas. Some of them stuck. Some of them didn't. Some of them had potential. Um, but, you know, we just didn't know how to connect the dots properly yeah, but yeah. i feel like i'm confident when i say now like 2019 finally two years in um we we have a really really good formula well um, that class that i wanted to join great. is now happening which one is the which master one was class it? one that okay you, the yeah. one that sold out really fast right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that one that so, was okay. the one i thought yeah. i was gonna join Once oh okay <laughs> okay the, my, mine mine class? yeah that was yeah, recent yeah. that was uh last, yeah, but you last just, winter so what i thought when the school opened i thought that was part of it oh but i think that barely just came out yeah that's a that's a new one for us um so i've done one um d styles has done i've done i think he's done two babu recently did one he did a 421 in april j-rock's doing one um this month uh i think the 23rd yeah sunday the 23rd yeah so um that's something that we're going to continue to to keep in the fold moving forward when you guys opened the school right Mm -hmm. what what you know what brought that on what initiated that well chalk had been teaching at scratch academy for a decade and um you know um he whose idea it was actually d style's idea we were just uh, kind of sitting around like we all are now and uh just i think over dinner or something and d styles um you know um approached us because we had the record pool and that was going really well for us and so we were looking to um start something new and so d styles is like what do you guys think of opening up a dj school mm-hmm. and just like it kind of like clicked for all of us right away because oh we got the dean right here sitting in front of us chalk he's he's part of the crew you know what i'm saying like he can walk Amazing. us through the curriculum yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and so um so that was kind of what you know uh, birthed the idea and um you know um this is yeah two not three years ago 2016 and you know we had all kind of like been looking to kind of scale back on live djing mm-hmm. and not necessarily have to rely on that you know, as our sole source of income, and uh, we thought we could do it in a very cool, unique way that um, other cats weren't weren't doing. Yeah. Um, and you know, the the concept of a DJ school, um, where we obviously were not the first on the block, but um, yeah. you know, there was very few that that, that market was uh, still completely wide open in our minds. Um, and so, so all right, we said let's do it, and so we started kind of scripting everything, and we must have looked at man 
probably 20 different spaces before we settled on our location. I mean, just scouting out like locations. We saw a really sick one that we kind of slept on in downtown. And the reason we kind of passed on it um, was because of the parking. Yeah. You you know what I mean? Well, well, I don't know if anybody knows, but it's on Glendale. uh, And it's right next to the freeway. And there's like Astros is up there. It's right right down down the street, street, Mm -hmm. which is a way I used to buy a bunch of my needles before they discontinued. (laughs) So yeah. So that was that. And then there's a deja vu strip club. (laughs) Yeah. You drop off your kids. Very very good. Yeah. Yeah, It's right across the street. But no, the parking is great. All the parents can wait for their kids. Yes. And deja vu down the street. (laughs) Or you go to the mall down the street. But no, the parking is great. It's, there's a lot of parking out there in that big ass street. So yeah. Cause we're kind of in this industrial area and all the businesses, um, they kind of shut down like at three like there's like a burger spot like yo, you, you walk in there like knock on the door like it's a wrap at two o'clock in the afternoon yeah. Yeah. so everybody shuts down their business they just go home call it a day yeah, so that ro- leaves the streets open for the parking yeah and the stuff, roller so. rink and then the home depot's part yeah, yeah they left open. exactly exactly yeah yeah, so yeah yeah i'm really fascinated with operations and logistics so i want to know exactly at what stages you guys started you started the curriculum first did you or did you look for a space we looked for a spot first you did yeah and we basically moved into, once we found our location, it was basically an empty warehouse. Um, mm-hmm. So we had to physically build it out. So, um, you know, we did some reconfiguring with the actual structure. Um, we put up a couple walls. So um, you guys did all the contract work pretty much? Everything. Wow. Everything. Yeah. Everything you see in there is custom built. The furniture. Um, it's a really lot of the nice. It looks nice. The oh, interior thanks, and lighting yeah, is cool. Y'all got to come through, man, if you're ever, ever in L.A., yeah. like for I've sure. I've been there a few times. Um, it's great. Okay. It was a big deal when it opened. Like Everyone was like, yo, you heard about the Bee Junkie School? I'm like... Yeah, it was like, yo, you might have to join. I'm like, that's made me. That's what made me walk in. But oh, yeah, it was a big deal in LA when that happened in yeah. 2017. So, um, so yeah, to answer your question, like we had, we had to physically build all that stuff out. It was very expensive. How long to was do. that? About a year. A year to build yeah. it out. Yeah. And at a time, were you taking students in? No, we weren't even like we didn't start wow. actually so sitting down. So you had the space for a year. Yeah. You were paying rent. Obviously. We were paying rent. Yeah. You're building it out, yep. and then you were working on the curriculum at the same time. The curriculum kind of started maybe six months after we kind of like uh, kind of started doing some research and figuring out. Okay, we you know talking to different um, contractors and uh, different companies, like looking at different ideas for the actual workstations, the DJ stands, the tables. Right, right. Talking to all the different companies, a lot of the gear was gifted to us. Um, yeah, I was going to ask you that because yeah. I mean, you guys are so legendary. I'm sure like. All of these people, like Pioneer, and everyone would have been like, "Yo, just take this. we're just gonna send yeah, you this." Everyone's shit, very right? supportive. Yeah. All, all, all the, all the big dogs, Pioneer, Rain. Um, there's it's a company good to called be, Mixars. It's good to be like a goat status. You can just ask for free <laughs> yeah, equipment, right. Right. like right. Rain. No, it's cool, man. Away. Like I manage, I just feel like you know, um, it's kind of their way of kind of giving back. You know what I mean? Right. Um, just for you know us using their gear all these years. But they're also trying to brainwash these little kids to be like, "I'm gonna get the Pioneer yeah. joint." Yeah, yeah, but the Pioneer <laughs> joint is fly though. That's actually I love the I love the S9 man. Do they have to buy any equipment? The students. Just for the students, yeah. We we bought, I think, a few pairs of 1200s, um, but the majority of our operating expenses was the actual build out of the building. So like the yeah. flooring, all the furniture, the retail counter, the DJ stands, yeah. those mm. those weren't cheap because those were custom made. Mm. Um, we have a, what's called a longtagon in the back, which is basically like a big yeah, jam table. table with like, I think we have... 16 turntables and different different mixers yeah, and stuff. Um, so it goes around like a circle. It's, it's, it's crazy. Like when you see it, it looks like like a boot camp, like like a really organized boot camp for like DJs. It looks yeah. crazy, yeah. And uh, you know, sign out front. Um, man, there's so many things. Uh, cleaning up the bathroom, like even little stuff, man. Like just getting like 
posters framed. Um, we have a, a we had a guy create like a really dope skin for us that lives on the wall behind our um, our, our retail counter. Um, so just all the things just added up, you know. Um, it wasn't all at once, but um, again, this took about a year to completely build out. And then maybe about six months in, once we kind of had our ideas locked in, okay, let's do this here, let's do that there, let's make this wall look like this, let's tear down that wall, and you know, whatever. Um, that's when we kind of started. All right, now we gotta sit down and like, what the fuck are we gonna teach? Right, like, right, and how right. are we gonna teach this shit? I don't know if you guys have ever try to teach or explain DJing to someone mm -hmm. but yo like when we sat down and started like trying to figure it out just like it was I mean for all of us I feel like with the exception of chalk that was the first time I think we all man how do you explain mixing right how do you teach somebody how to mix how do you explain the most rudimentary scratch yeah. a baby scratch a yeah. release a ah uh, ah uh, how do you explain that to someone that's just super green but not only that like build uh multiple curriculums one for certain ages mm -hmm. right because yep. a younger age group you're gonna have to introduce it to them in a different way or do you Absolutely. have it all the same pretty much well with the kids i mean you know um it just really depends on um you know i guess kind of where they're at like we have um a, a good handful of students that you know they've seen djing through the years they're music enthusiasts mm -hmm. um they've always been curious kind of about the craft well, what's the starting age so is we there have, a limit like you don't take you well know. again this was kind of trial and error so we um we had a couple kids classes and um you know we found we found <laughs> out very quickly that you know kids uh around say, probably nine um anything younger than nine um it was just difficult for a few reasons i mean you know physically they're not developed yet um their attention spans they're yeah, shorter yeah. they can't actually reach the turntables yeah, yeah. their coordination's not quite there so they would pick up the needle tone arm and brrr, scratch the record mm. um you know and then with the parents too um you know th these they obviously have families <laughs> and some of them are involved in extracurriculars so it's like they couldn't commit every week right right so um we you know we quickly learned that okay we need to like kind of like just be able to if we're going to so take kids like age 10 and up you know so now it's 10 and up is that what it for is for the most part and we, i mean we might i think our, our kids that have been with us since day one they're sheesh they're probably pushing like 11 and 12 years old and it's amazing man like the i mean they came in just like again just curious about the craft and they never touch turntables you know what i'm saying and like you got, you guys see them now like right now there's um there's a few of them so our, our day ones like they're at the point now where like they're each on one turntable and they're making routines yo wow this shit is yeah, fucking yeah. mind-blowing and it's then you insane, start them all man. with vinyl right mm -hmm. so our foundation program which it runs for about a year it's spread out over nine levels and so basically the first six months is on vinyl taught on vinyl and then we introduce digital dbs serato um th which requires a laptop obviously mm -hmm. but our reason for that you know was because we obviously come from records we come from crates and, and digging yeah, yeah. you know that whole mm -hmm. school but you know mechanically um you know our mantra is kind of like you know you take all these concepts all these techniques that we're going to teach you um everything from you know muscle memory to form you take that and you learn it on vinyl you know which is analog is always going to be 100 percent honest with you mm -hmm. you take a record off you don't play it for a month you go to put that berry white you know lp on that label is going to hit in the same exact spot Right. on the one or whatever you know what i'm saying so yeah. get them used to like using visual markers concepts like that and then once you have a good grasp on that yo you can take that and you can apply all that to a controller you can apply yeah. it to cdjs you can you know whatever that's great whatever that's choice. Yeah, yeah. so that's kind of um our our method so so everything you're breaking down right now is literally a two it, it was a two-year process really to break it down yeah again we had um we ironed out um what we thought was going to work for us and then again we quickly learned not just with the kids but even with the adults and some of the younger 
younger adults like oh maybe this isn't gonna stick you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like so it's just constantly just kind of like reworking our and you're still reworking system. it probably like perfecting it a yeah, little bit, right? always always it's always going to be a work in progress but i feel like again i feel finally like you know um two years in we finally okay like it's feeling right you know what i'm saying like what we're yeah. doing now is is working and it's um you know, uh, we, we do other things, too, that are like, you know, we have a cool space. So we do, like, events. Um, we have a really dope um, back parking lot that's gated. Yeah. So, um, you know, we'll send our events, and it's all based around DJ culture. Um, and we have, like, open turntables nights. We have, like, several regulars that come through. Is there, like, a graduation thing? Or like there is, a, yeah. So yeah. does everyone graduate? Um, so some we've had left back. We've <laughs> had a couple students that yeah no we've had a couple <laughs> really? students we treat it like a school. I feel so like I would get left back. You will. I'm, I'm really uncoordinated <laughs> and <laughs> I would be breaking all the equipment. Yeah. No. I would be breaking all the mixes. No, we treat it like a real school. So um, so again our our foundation program is spread out over nine levels and so my class I teach a class with Retmatic on Friday nights and uh, they just finished level three uh-huh. and so we um, have them do what's called a vinyl final. So um, I know you've been there. So the we have final final. It sounds dope. So we have um, we have twelve workstations, which you know. You better trademark that. For a lot of shit, we need to trademark. TM um, by Melody. So uh, we have twelve workstations. Um, so we're capped at twelve students, but we have our instructors podium, which is kind of like you know on a slightly There's elevated a stage. stage. So basically, um, the vinyl final is um, the students have to take one twelve inch, um, you know, Jay Z twelve inch. They have to play that. They have to mix. We have uh, school records that we press. We have two volumes, and it has you know beats, scratch kits, tools, etc. Mm-hmm. They have to mix an instrumental, a drum break into the Jay Z record, mm-hmm. right? They have to take off the Jay Z record. They have to put a second copy of the school record on the open deck, and they have to scratch for eight bars. The basic scratches that we taught them. You know, What's the basic scratches are you here? So feature? thus far, they've learned the baby scratch, which is you know Grand Wizard yeah. Theater, the what the what the what the what the what. Uh, we've taught them the release, which is like if you're using the ah, it's like you take your hand, you physically take your hand off the record, so the sound just plays. Mm-hmm. Ah, vrit, no fader. Ah, vrit. And then we show them that with the fader, so you just get the forward motion. Ah, ah, ah. Mm-hmm. Then the tear, which has uh, always been like a West Coast thing, which is a three part scratch, which is the what the, 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 so trans- the sound transforming, transforming. Uh, we all know what that is. Like yeah, 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 yeah. clicking through the sound. I can't do that. Yeah. See, I wouldn't have stab scratch. Yeah, so yeah. just basic, so basic. Uh, Cricket's great at the, cra- at the snap scratch. <laughs> do you have uh, uh, like, a, like a class for slow learners? You know? <laughs> we have, uh, yeah, we teach uh, beginner beginner levels. For real? But yeah, we have DJs. We have like working DJs that come through and sign up because they just kind of want to refine mm. and, and polish up. I would love you know to come to the Yeah, man. Y'all come through, man. Anytime, man. Open door. Do you, fo- soon. <laughs> do you find it easier or maybe in maybe a, for being a teacher like to teach someone that's just a blank page versus like a dj to break old habits or some bad habits that um, you may want to refine it's it's easier to kind of to work with somebody that's uh somewhat experienced mm-hmm. because they're familiar with the equipment how it works right. you know where to properly yeah. place your hand on a record um you know a split listening like you know the proper way to mix which is one earphone here the other ear exposed so yeah. you can you know what i'm saying hear yeah. the room um, so you, there's less um, kind of review and, and presentation yeah. uh, versus working with somebody new. And, and everyone's different. I mean, some people, they get it right away. Some people, we've had a few that just, they just don't have rhythm. They, they can't find the one, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And some of them eventually, like they, they're slower to learn, but eventually they come around. Right. Um, some of them just they, they just, they just don't, you know what I mean? It's just music, just period is just not for them. Um, but again, it just really comes down to just everyone individually. I have a question, so, Professor uh, Melody. Um, <laughs> Raise my hand. Uh, 
so you teach these kids all these techniques. Do you also teach them the history of DJing? Like, yo, this is Grandmaster Flash. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So you do all that? Yeah, every time we introduce, like, a, kind of like a classic technique, we always, like, I always like to think of our school as um, it's part lecture, part exercise. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the lecture part comes, like, when we give the history lessons, you know what I mean? We talk about the baby scratch. We definitely give DAP to Grand Wizard Theater. We tell the story about him, like, you know, being mm-hmm. in his bedroom and his mom, Theodore. And he's like, yeah, mom. And that's how he discovered yeah, baby scratch. Oh, shit. What am I doing right yeah, now? Yeah, he holds it in there. Right, right, right. So, like, stuff like that. And uh, definitely, like, you know, transforming, um, chirping Jazzy Jeff, right? Um, yeah. We talk mm-hmm. about, like, the Terra Scratch. That's, like, a West Coast style. Like, Joe mm-hmm. Cooley, DJ Latin. So, we try and give them a little bit of history, you know. And that's part of... Um, that's on. part of... Uh, Coming. You ain't teaching them no East Coast scratches. Like, what would be East Coast scratch? <laughs> East Coast scratch would be like ba chica 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 chica. So we, yeah, we do all that in the drills, but yeah. like definitely like Cash Money, Jazzy Jeff. I mean, but I'm just talking about specifically about New York. I feel like there's a Grandmaster Flash, like a certain scratch that he oh, does. Like well, the, his, the regular chica 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 chica. Flash. No, no, no. It's like the pa chica 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 pa chica chica like that. Right? You know what I'm talking about? No, with Flash. So we um we we talk about Flash in level eight because level eight is um breaks and beats. So we talk about how like you know I'm saying back in the park jams like Flash like started yeah rocking you know what I'm saying like rocking breaks back to back keeping the loop going for the MC or for the B boys or whatever like you know what I'm saying so we definitely give dap to to all the pioneers. Damn, I feel like I gotta take this course now. Yeah, I really want to take this course. I have a question. Go ahead. Regarding the equipment, what type of turntables do you have using? So we have different. We have a variety. And that was um, that was purpose. Uh, that was intentional because we right. want the students to be able to try a Technique twelve hundred. We mm-hmm. want them to be able to you know experiment with a turntable that's been released in the last five years. Mm-hmm. Pioneer yeah. PLX. So we have those. You don't make we them start with belt drives. Yeah, you don't start with belt drives. Cricket would love to start there. Heavy ass slip mats. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with, yeah, with like the five pound rubber yeah. slip mats. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so yeah, so we have a Vestex, some old Vestex uh, okay. gear. Um, uh-huh. Again, just for the sake of having variety, um, so everyone can just like you know kind of get a different feel is there a place where you can have like the the like the cool mixes that like the vex tax we do we have a display case oh, okay. um yeah right, right behind the long to go that so sounds have, awesome like, yeah, yeah so we have like uh, the grandmaster flash one too we have the uh the gemini 2200 in there we have the vestex the very first vestex we have um one of the dmc competition mixers um not the original one but the one that came out like in the late 90s mm-hmm. um, which was like had the gold trim on it was black with the gold trim if y'all remember that the, one yeah. 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 the techniques mixer. techniques mixer. Yeah. exactly yeah, 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 what, yeah what's, what's your favorite mix of all time right now I've been uh, I've been loving the S9 but I mean for, for years I was just um, on the Vestex um, the oh, 05 Pro the 07 yeah, Pro um, when I was on the radio that was that was my mixer and even like when we would do clubs and parties and stuff like we would always that was the mixer um, we would bring along you were a Vestex champion 96 yeah 96 mm-hmm. Uh, we just had blind, right? He boogie was blind. A boogie blind. Yeah, boogie blind. Dude, he's the nastiest man. He's Dude, nasty. Yeah, yeah. His uh, man. his episode just premiered today. Oh, yeah. it's sick. So okay, I gotta keep that. But, yeah, um, shout out to blind man. Uh, what do you got? He was two thousand one, I think. Homie, right there. Yeah. Well, what happened to Ve- I meant to ask this to blind, but what happened to Vestax? You know, I'm not quite sure, like why the company um, folded. Um, yeah. But I-, I couldn't answer the question. I don't know. I just remember like they just. Um, I think maybe sales slowed down. I think this is kind of around the time when CDJs mm. kind of like popped into right, onto right, the scene, right, right, into the right. market. So maybe that had something to do with it. And then um, years later, not too many years later, Serato came 
right into the fold right. so maybe that had also Rain. a little effect on you know sales for for vestex but um i mean vestex ran game on the dj community for years yeah. i mean they had yeah. this shit on lock everyone was using vestex i like, think everyone had a vestex yeah, at one yeah, point. yeah and it was there was a great mixer man i, I mean you know the <laughs> first faders, one was, man yeah like they were best. butter they were yeah. butter you know um i never had a vestex you never had a vestex? <laughs> no, i had one <laughs> i had one i had two oh fives and an oh seven yeah man and to me the best was the technique the gold yeah. with, uh, the I black never, with the gold I trim you like that one i had that that was yeah, I never had that one. I always wanted it. I felt I rich when one. I bought that one. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was like a quality fucking mixer. Yeah, and it man. felt like you. It just the yeah. fader was. The fader so was nice. Good. I remember yeah, the fader. Yeah, yeah, I had a couple homies that had it. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. It was fucking nasty. Now yeah. that the uh, the shirt four four centers were discontinued, what needles do you guys use? So we have we have a luckily we have some back stock so okay so those those have always been do you my, my go-to selling, needles selling or something Shh, man that's like it's like <laughs> it was an attention I'm like no my little good Chico like, right Chico right? Chico's yeah. the new one but they are like arm and a leg still they're not arm yeah. and a leg man what are you talking <laughs> oh, about they're thirty bucks and the shipping that's too. how much it costs okay though, yeah. but the shipping from Japan over here is like fifty bucks kid yeah but then you get like twelve of them yeah you just buy a bunch yeah. yeah. Come on, get that's supposed money. to be the get one though, right? Like a J Rock was actually telling me about yeah, that. Yeah, 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 that's supposed to be. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's supposed to be the one that's like closest to the four. Are you are you noticing? Uh, well, I have two questions. One, you guys have to raise your hand. We guys have questions. Professor Melody's here. My God, <laughs> so respect like, for the curriculum. My first question is: Have you noticed that kids where they gravitate to? So when when you have them on vinyl, mm-hmm. and then you obviously go to like Serato or mm-hmm. Scratch Live, and you start doing you know all of that stuff. Do they still kind of miss the feel or the f- the analog, uh, you know what I mean, of, no, of they, actual vinyl? Or they, they come just in practice. They come in and practice, and sometimes they're opening up their laptops, and sometimes they're bringing a bag of records. Really? Like, it's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> we have, so we have, um, there are adults, our day ones, that have been with us since we opened, so two years, um, and they, you know, they went through the whole program um, the whole year. Um, mm-hmm. they, they graduated, and they're out gigging now, and, like, there's a few, like, there's, okay, there's this girl, um, she um i think she's a i think she's a nurse and um she's quiet as as kept man she doesn't say she's very shy you know and just really soft-spoken and very demure you know and yo she's fucking beast beast. like she just like just never touched turntables before and now i mean i mean i wouldn't say beast in terms of like being able to like you know get busy busy like in terms of scratching but like yo she can fucking rock a party she can like you know play a set like she's got great like you know um, instinct with like programming song Mm -hmm. selection um, so it's it's pretty amazing, man. Like just to like see somebody like just start from the absolute very bottom and just like kind of work their way and just start to learn, man. Like everything from like the very basic things, concepts, mixing, mm-hmm. and then even being able to incorporate cuts and um, and just everyone kind of like developing their own personality. Um, so yeah, it's it's really cool, man. And then when to teach kids and stuff like that, do you need like a license or anything? No, we have, um, you know. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just not. I'm yeah, not they yeah, question yeah, yeah. Melody while no, he's teaching <laughs> DJ. I'll slap no, the no, cop no. myself. I'm just asking because <laughs> me, myself, if I was teaching a bunch of kids, I'd have to change the way I speak because oh, I yeah. curse a lot. Definitely. For sure. And yeah, then yeah, also, yeah. Yeah, like, you know. That. And then I, I don't know if there's, like, a certain training to, like, not, like, I guess. Like uh, an etiquette? Well, not an etiquette, but like you want to stay positive with kids. Like you don't like you know. You want to you want to yeah. encourage them. Positive I want to encourage them. Yeah. yeah. You don't want to be like, yo, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Were you yeah. just listening? We told you not to do that <laughs> let shit. Me, let me you know, tell you. It's crazy, man. Like a uh, true story. So this is maybe like a year ago, um, and this is again our our, our kids uh, that have been with us, our children since day one. <clears throat> so they're about a year into the program, 
And, um, you know, so we would take them back to the Longtagon where they could jam with each other. And we give them each eight bars, you know. And so um, my partner, Babu, um, he started having them play. Y'all ever play horse back in the day, like basketball? Yeah, yeah. horse. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we kind of like applied that same formula to turntables, yeah, right? So one, do, one does a scratch, the other one has to copy it. Right, right. right. Okay. So, so that would, you know, and if they don't copy it, like, correctly, they get eliminated. Mm -hmm. So they, there was a few of them that took it really hard, like, going into the restroom, like, crying. Like, you know what oh, I mean? Like, wow. I don't want to do this anymore. You know what I mean? Because that's, like, it's detrimental, like, as a child, like, you know what I mean? To, like, be put kind of, like... On the spot, like pressure. That. That's yeah, great, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, no, we definitely do everything to encourage them. Um, you know, well, what, what do you guys say when when something like that happens when they go in the bathroom? We and keep cry? it, keep it. I mean, well, something like that, like it's just like you know, like uh, hey, is everything okay? And we just you know, you have to pull them aside and talk you to them. Do the camera. Yeah. You gotta do that puppy voice, right? <laughs> no, you gotta talk to them like like kids, man. They're kids. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like you don't want to scar them, shit. You don't want to discourage them. You don't want them to not come back. Like yeah. you know what I mean? You want them that they're obviously there because they love DJing. And you don't do that, Godfather. Joint. Oh, that. Dun, when, dun, 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 no, when he dun, dun. when he shook him, he's like, "You can be a man." You remember that? <laughs> you can be a man. You don't do that to them. Don't never let crooked be a good speaker or a teacher. You don't do that. You don't do that. Godfather. No, 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 no. That's joint. an interesting approach, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it could work, man. Tough love works sometimes, right? <laughs> Tell me about it. Working with crooked. <laughs> so I, I had another question. Um, do you guys use CDJs? Or so just um, yeah, so we actually have some coming. Um, they're coming in a couple of weeks, um, but Pioneer is gonna gonna CDJs. hook us up. Yeah, Pioneer's just because we want kid people to be able to practice. And you know, you guys know you, you stepped over to a gig, and you know what I'm saying you're either Adjust. you have to ask for turn turntables or yeah. CDJs are just yeah. there. Mm -hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? So uh, yeah, we want to be able to offer that. Controllers? Well. Mm -hmm. controllers? We have controllers. How yep. many? Yep. How many are they sending you? Uh, I think we're getting two sets. So we're getting four CDJs and two. What is it? The Nexus. 900 joint it's good to be the goal it's good to be the goal right i personally don't like cdjs um i've used them just like in the clubs out here just to transition uh -huh. and i've tried to mess with them it just it's not the same man like it just it's just not like they don't respond the same um you know my style of djing like you know again rocking doubles mm -hmm, stuff yeah. like that it just nah man have you used the phase yet I have not. I have not. I have really? not tried it. Yeah, we got those coming too, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, okay. are, those are coming our way. How do you so feel about them? status? Code um, status. I mean, I, I've, based on what I've seen and what I've heard, like, um, they looked fucking sick. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. everyone kind of swears by them. Like, everyone's like, yo, this is the new shit. So, did you have okay. a new up, PDA? Didn't you have a new update on the phases? Um, One of them blew up, right? Yeah. What? Blew up? Get a mic. Get a mic. Blew up. What? What? Get a mic whenever. Hey, definitely pause. Didn't hear pause. There's an issue with like the battery expanding and exploding in some of them. No so, way. Yeah. It expands because wow. it overheats. Yeah. So they use like a cheap battery. So like you know when your MacBook the battery kind of expands or your cell phone. So mm -hmm. they're they're out for less than like six months and some of them are already doing that. So. Oh wow. Wait. So there's yeah. actual been more than one explosion. Like, there's a whole like Facebook. Uh, face support group, group? Like everybody that has like issues. Oh my face support that's group. That's Damn. crazy. That did, crazy. They, did they just raise the price? Yes. They yeah, did. they just raised the price. A um, hundred dollars? No, I think it's like thirty, forty bucks. No, it's uh, uh, it went from four from three ninety nine to four fifty nine. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. so like oh, okay, sixty yeah. bucks more. Have y'all tried it? Anybody tried? Nah, it? Nah, 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 not yet. We're yeah. waiting for. Face I did to use send it. Them. I used it at uh, Everyday People. Oh yeah, with DJ yeah, Momo. That's right. Yeah, it was Yeah, you had no problems, right? Yeah, it's just like little things where I'm like, but you did a 45 know. minute set, right? You did a small set. It wasn't like a whole night. I yeah, yeah. I, so. yeah. It was good though. I mean, it was. I feel like I could scratch more aggressive. Yeah, 
just mm. because right you have to worry about you the needle jumping yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Stuff, yeah like you can really get aggressive and just like really spin back and just you <laughs> yeah, don't have to funny. worry about the fucking you know, needle. i remember that about you man. i remember i show up to like a crooked a crooked gig out here man it'd be like keys missing on the fucking keyboard <laughs> like <laughs> oh no we just got him a new computer <laughs> rick ross paid for the new computer. i don't want oh, if i go to the scratch ca- if i go to uh the beat junkies academy or the school i don't want to get like judged for all of this <laughs> <laughs> no we just did a podcast uh, and we call uh, bad habits was a topic so we talked about all of our personal bad habits and oh, for stuff real? that we've seen like you know just other djs do and stuff yeah over drinking so. was that one of the time no <laughs> but uh, yeah that, that's uh, i feel like man no i definitely i definitely had a few nights out here when can i was you, living out here can like, you bring Ooh. us as a panel and we talk about the working dj <laughs> Yeah, talk yeah. about the drinking. We talk about habits. working DJ stuff. Yeah, you should yeah. have like a PhD class where we teach it. You know, yeah. we yeah. teach them the what ins and outs of the industry. What not yeah. to do. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, don't drink too much in your first night. Yeah, you guys also have a a radio like a radio show, right? Dash Radio the on Dash, Dash Radio, radio mm-hmm. right? How long have you guys had that? Whew. Uh, what are we? Twenty nineteen. Yeah, I want to say it's man, be five years like this fall. 2014 yeah yeah 2014 i think is when they launched um and they're they're out in hollywood um their studios are out there um so yeah we have um Rhett Maddock hosts a live show called soundcheck um second and fourth tuesdays and, and tuesdays of the month babu and uh babu like curates it or who who's a part of that um well we were all doing it kind of initially and then that just kind of became Rhett Maddock's baby so he heads okay. up that whole that whole show um but again that's kind of like the focus there is just like new hip-hop like indie hip-hop not top 40 mm-hmm. but just like new like indie underground hip-hop you know everything from mcs producers um he has guests and stuff like that um but yeah red heads that up and that's us every second and fourth tuesdays it's called soundcheck the second and uh, every second and fourth uh, tuesday tuesday, tuesday mm-hmm. of the month mm-hmm. seven to ten right seven to ten yep uh mm-hmm. so you have the radio show and you have a radio background mm-hmm. uh because like around the college i was looking at around uh i guess possibly probably around when you were going to college mm-hmm uh you were on the beat like 92.3 right mm-hmm. yeah um and then you were with kabichi were you on the air with kabichi kabichi um he didn't actually so uh, when i got on the air in 95 um julio and tony g brought me in um and kabichi was working as um he was just an intern so he was kind of like doing like um street hits like he would take the van out he would do call-ins and stuff yo we're yeah. over yeah, here yeah. at the el torito you know what i'm saying yeah. we got the giveaway t-shirts and, <laughs> and julio he, g put you on pretty much yeah, yeah 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 so i met julio um and, and again julio and tony g are kind of like the west coast pioneers right. you know what i'm saying like they were the ones heading up k-day doing all the live we were, mixing we were trying to we were talking to the jamie d and Peter. we were like uh could try to compare them to, I guess we were like seeing like a red alert. I, I feel like the, the red alert on uh, Mr. Magic. Yeah, yeah the, the, they came in a little later. I mean, I'm sure they were DJing at the same time, but I feel like, you know, like the OGs like out uh, in your guys' area, like they were on the air before that because that's like, well, that's like early 80s, right? Early to mid 80s. Yeah. So I would say so like, around the, I would say Mr. The Magic. Yeah. yeah, 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 wow. yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. And so Julio yeah, Tony would be Chuck Mr. Magic. Chalo. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. And then Hul- would be their did Julio G just hear you at a party or just heard about you or were you just building a name? So there was a record pool um, called Ghetto Baby Record Pool. and, wow. um, and it's it an was, amazing um, name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it was actually, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Baker Boys. Um, they were on Power yeah. Six yeah, for yeah, years. So their older brother, Frank V, headed up this record pool called Ghetto Baby. And I think there was like 20 DJs, you know, just again, we're all, you know, kids from Southern California. And that's how I met Julio and Tony because they were on the radio at the time they were on the beat so frankie had the baker boys he had julio and tony he had a couple radio guys mm-hmm. and so they were in the pool and me and the beat junkies were in the pool we used to meet up uh 
I think every two weeks we have meetings every two weeks up in uh, in, in LA at Frank Spot, and that's how I met Julio. And uh, one day, um, Babu and I, we were um, th- we had a DMC competition coming up, and so you know we used to just take our bags everywhere. We knew there were going to be turntables, so we could practice. So after the meeting wraps up one day, Babu and I are just like we're showing the other fellas in the in the pool our routines, like hey, like, what do you guys think of these sets? You know, we're doing our thing, and little did we know, um, Julio was standing behind us in mm-hmm. the room. And so um, he told me this personally that he he saw me do my routine, and then um, you know fast forward not too much further along he um, he gets this opportunity to um, be a, an on air personality five days a week. And so prior to that he was DJing for Easy E's um, Ruthless Radio Show mm-hmm. on Saturday nights. But he called me and he was like, Mel, he's like, man, I need a DJ. He's like, I can't be on the air and DJ five nights a week. You know, what I'm saying you want to come rock. I'm like, Psh. that's like a no brainer, man. Like being on the air is like a fucking rock that's star dope. back in those days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. I was so he remembered, he remembered uh, hearing that routine and shit. Yeah, and yeah. Put you on. And then so, you know, I had to make a, like a kind of like an audition mix or whatever for the program directors and stuff there. But you you guys grew up on him, right? Yeah. You oh, basically yeah. grew up to this oh, shit. Yeah. And no, 92.3 to oh, be. Oh, oh, you guys. Yeah, oh, no, I'm, I, well, I'm more in the later uh, 90s. Like, Mr. Chalk was for me, but mm-hmm. for P-Dot, he was like, yeah, Melody was my guy. Oh, word. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, 92.3 so. to beat was everything for me growing up. Like, I grew up um, early to mid mid 90s so okay. for me like it was you Kibichi yeah I remember Theo yep Theo 92, yeah, 92.3 yeah, yeah. Um, John London in the house yeah, party yeah John London in the house party Theo yeah, was the Asian dude right? yeah, yeah. I remember he sounded, him like he sounded, MTV he sounded black everyone yeah. thought he was black <laughs> he had a real deep voice kind of like talked like very white yeah, yeah I remember that shit nah he sounded like real, he sounded like the dude from Boys, Boys to Men yeah he was super yeah. deep voice he was like baritone yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah yeah he would do like movie voiceovers all kind of stuff he got famous and then like all the chicks were like bummed out that he was Asian or some shit cause he showed up at Summer Jam one year. Yeah, and everyone like and everyone surprised, was like, like "Who surprised. the fuck is this yeah, on yeah, stage?" Yeah. Like, yeah. no one knew what he looked like. Yeah, and they, they put, finally put a face to the name, and yeah, no, Theo had fans. Like, like, yeah, 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 for sure. No, for sure, it caught everyone off guard. Like, yo, like he yeah. dude is Japanese. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> whoa, what the fuck? but but uh, no, yeah, that was. I mean, ninety two point three because at the time, um, I guess I don't want to say as big, but power wasn't like the main thing to me in L. A. It was all about Word. the beat. Yeah. So power wasn't as popping back then, right? Nah, not at all. Like I think yeah. Big Boy wasn't even doing the morning show yet. He was still doing nights. Yeah, at the, the Baker time. Boys were doing the mornings yeah. for for years, so, a number of years. So were you were you were juggling the radio? Were you doing college uh, parties as well? I was I was a full time student. Um, yeah, and I was doing a, a, a decent amount of mobile DJing, and um, I was doing working. Radio. Yeah, doing the radio. And prior to landing officially landing my gig at the radio with Julio, I was working as a bank teller at Wells Fargo. Jesus. So yeah, um, charge to Wells Fargo. Great so it's crazy, man. I, I was just talking about this the other day. So. My commute, again, I used to stay at home with my folks in Cerritos. I moved out years later, but I would commute from Cerritos to Orange County, which is like 25 miles south, right? Go to school. Mm-hmm. School gets out 3 o'clock. Boom. Drive back to Cerritos. Drop off my backpack. Switch it up with my DJ bag. Get my bag of records. Drive north all the way up to Hollywood five nights a week and do the radio. And then the show would go to like 10. Was it, was, it a, was it in Hollywood or was it in Birmingham? The first station was in, uh, in Hollywood. Okay. Um, it was a, a really like small, just kind of rinky-dink building off of uh, Yucca and Franklin. Oh, uh, sure. Yucca and Coenga right there. And um, yeah, this is uh, early on in the beat. And so that's where it was. And then when the beat started to um, gather, gain some more success, uh, we moved to a, a really nice corporate office on um, Wilshire, uh, the E Entertainment building, I think, yeah, yeah, right yeah. across from the La Brea Tar Pits. And that's when they really like stepped up. Holy like, shit. So you yeah, got like yeah. four hours of sleep a d- every day almost, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Five or six, yeah. Five or six? Yeah, I was definitely, I was definitely <laughs> grinding hard though, for sure. Um, 
That's like, crazy. Uh, I couldn't do that shit today. <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah. Like a die. That's, that's why you did it in the early years. Yeah, They're yeah, supposed yeah. to do that shit. Yeah, but those were special times, man. Uh, yeah, and I don't, I don't regret any of it, like, at all. It was fucking... It was, so, yeah. in 95, you were on the radio, then it leads up to one of your biggest breaks ever, which is Vibe TV, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, no, that, that was... That was a, man, I was like... I was, I was bummed when that TV ended. Show. So yeah, I was yeah, bummed yeah, when that yeah, ended, man. That was fun. Let's paint the picture here. It's 1997, right? It's mm-hmm. Vibe. Vibe magazine was popular. Vibe is big at the time. Yep. Yeah. If you I don't know, Vibe magazine was by Quincy Jones, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was on uh, the one of the most uh, infamous like TV channels of all time, UPN. Yeah, UPN. Right. So you <laughs> was on UPN. Yeah, yeah. You was part of UPN history, man. Yeah, man. So you was on Vibe TV <laughs> on UPN, right? And then who was the host? Sinbad? No, it was no Chris Spencer, right? Chris Spencer, Chris Spencer started well, Chris Spencer out. was the first host. Yes. And then Sinbad came on afterwards, right? Yeah, they Before ended they up getting, yeah, I think Chris was there for maybe a couple months, two or three months, and um, I don't know, man, I, looking back, I feel like they should have just rolled it, they should have just wrote it out with Chris, because um, he was really about the show, he had good heart, um, you know what I mean, he worked really hard on it, and he was trying to always get better and improve, you know what I mean, and and live studio, like, you know, live audience and stuff, right. that's, yo, that's mad but, pressure, but then, man. Like, and then nobody really knew who he was at the time. Yeah, so, and then I don't exactly know, like, why they went with Sinbad, but I mean, you know. Um, not to throw Sinbad under the bus, but honestly, like when he came through, like he fucked up the whole show, man. Like, really? He ruined oh, that yeah. shit for everybody. He would, he would show up late, like, you know, because Chris <laughs> used to walk around, like we would film this on the CBS lot, uh, television lot in, mm-hmm. in, in uh, Culver City. And so Chris used to come out, like, you know, talk to everybody, like, what do you think of this idea? And he was just good people, man. Right. Sinbad, motherfucker, would roll up, show up late, like, go straight to his dressing room, wouldn't talk to nobody. And I don't know, man. He oh, was just, wow. he was not just like, Sinbad. Yeah, Seriously? Sinbad, man. I just, I don't know, man. He's like, a, you know, I'm not trying to diss Sinbad. I'm not hating on Sinbad, but just like, damn. God like, damn it, Sinbad. You know I mean? fucking tr- <laughs> yeah, you can say whatever you want, but don't talk shit about Sinbad, all right? Just don't, don't do that. No, I'm not putting it on him, but I'm just Fuck saying, him. like, uh, he just, he had a different way but of But it was like an Arsenio Hall shit. It was similar. That's kind of the vibe they were going for. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, yeah, we had you know we didn't have you know a listers every night. We had and we had you a, were the band. I was part of the band. So th- yeah, after yeah. when they would go to commercial, they'd be like melody, kick it. Well, we had a band. <laughs> sometimes they would give me like yeah. Sometimes they would give me melody, a solo. Kick, kick it. Kick it. <laughs> ah yes. Oh <laughs> kick it like our senior. <laughs> Melody, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Talk, 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 give me some of that fussy old oh, grandma oh. mother shoes. <laughs> Arsenio was the man, man. So uh, wait, so how did you get this gig? So um, I was on the radio at the time, and uh, Quincy Jones apparently was auditioning DJs to be a DJ for this band. And the Baker and Boys. This is a big deal, right? You're like, oh shit, to me, Vibe Magazine. Yeah. No, I can imagine, yeah, like, yeah. I can imagine at that time, Vibe Magazine was like huge. Mm-hmm. And then we were like, oh shit. Like, yeah, it's a Quincy Jones, yeah, I mean, Quincy Jones Quincy production. Jones like, it's, it's gonna legit. Be like, like yeah, they're yeah. filming it at like a, you know, bona fide like TV lot. Yeah, yeah. So uh-huh. um, the Baker Boys um, were on Power 106 at the time. Mm-hmm. And so I was at home one Friday night, and uh, Eric V, um, one of the Baker Boys, calls me. And tells me that they are just leaving the CBS lot. Like, um, you know, they auditioned for this this DJ slot mm-hmm. in the band for this five TV show. And Quincy Jones was asking, "Hey, you know any other DJs? You could you mean, you know, 
submitted some names. Mm-hmm. So I mean, they threw was, my that name. That was really cool of them. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They put my name in the hat, and he's like, "Yo, man." He's just like, "Yeah, um, you know, we we're telling him about you. Um, you got to check out this kid, Melody. He's on ninety two point three, the beat." And so, sure enough, he's like, "Man, they're gonna call you." I was like, "Okay, cool." And then they called me the next day, and they wanted me to come in that afternoon. Mm. So I, I show up to the CBS lot, and I end up auditioning for Quincy Jones and Greg Villengains, like just them two wow. in the room. The fucking yeah, yeah. pressure. About, yeah, hyper, it was a very high pressure moment. And I remember, Do you like, remember what routine you did? <laughs> so I did again. This is like when we're competing. So I started off doing like some of my battle routines right and i could just tell they weren't vibing and then in the end what ended up i think hooking them was i did that that james brown routine would give it up mm. and turn it loose because mm. that was like some music they could relate to right, and again yeah. i was just rocking doubles back and forth you know beat junkie style um you know needle dropping like going through different parts mm-hmm. finding the breaks and stuff and then so um i stopped and then um he came up he's like man you got the job like so they wow, gave it to me right man. there on the spot and i was love wow, how yeah. long was your routine um probably six seven minutes something like that mm-hmm. um, but like yeah <laughs> if i wouldn't because i could tell i was like they weren't interterested in the first like couple things but i was that, doing that james brown routine is amazing bro oh it's, thanks man it's just it's like, like should we press that in our night no, 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 it's got to be on youtube <laughs> it's got to be on youtube somewhere right uh oh. I've, I've pulled it up on my uh my instagram yeah, yeah. Uh, a while back dude but, it's um, fucking crazy thanks man yeah, yeah. um yeah but so that so then quincy jones was like you got the job yeah Damn. yeah so right they hired me on the spot so what were your duties so we had <laughs> did you were you styled so did you have like a wardrobe yeah no from? we had wardrobe like every day um you so, know, wait, like so wait i got a good question like you got to keep this shit 100 for sure were you kind of feeling yourself you were like yo i'm on vibe tv yeah i was like yo i'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm looking rocking I'm right on now. The I'm, beat, I'm on, on the, the radio. radio yeah yeah quincy yeah, yeah. jones hired yeah. me yeah. come on man. i'm not Personally. feeling myself i was it was definitely a very exciting time you know what i mean i just how old I, were you i was 20 324 oh, yeah, like yeah you were feeling yourself he was a cocky i hope i wasn't but um to be honest man like yeah i was um you know between the radio and um and doing that show like that was able to afford me to buy my very first house at oh, age 25 oh, yeah. wow. you know what i mean so i saved up all that paper and 25 in Cerritos, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of Twenty-five. Wow. Yeah. yeah so, um, yeah. Yeah. shout out to Vibe. Smart man, too. Smart man. <laughs> so, who told you to get a house? Who told you to get a house? Um, my folks. They were kicking me out, but I, you know, um, <laughs> I was confined to one bedroom. I had my bedroom, and I have two younger sisters. Um, so um, you're like, fuck this. I'm on Vibe like, TV, yo. I'm getting my own <laughs> house. TV. No, actually, I want to say it was my, my parents. Like, my parents kind of planted that seed with me. Like, you should think about you know, buying your own house. You know, That's what I mean, awesome. they saw that I was making good money and stuff, and so I was like, okay. So, um, yeah, I worked with this uh, local realtor, and she took me around for probably, like, seven or eight months before I settled on the house where I lived. Um, actually just moved from there. Um, just sold that house. Uh, wow. But I was there from, I bought it in 2000. I bought Love it in it. 2000, and, uh, yeah, I just sold it. Um, we just moved out end of April. Wow. wow. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Almost 20 years. Yeah. You made some Holy good money. Holy shit. You made some good money. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, like, yeah, it's not, not bad, right? <laughs> the, crazy, yeah. <laughs> the crazy thing, my friend just bought a house in Cerritos like a month ago, so I don't know if it's the same house, but yeah. Tell me, all, okay. you, all you motherfuckers that are popping right now and doing the new Vibe TV and on the yeah, beat, yeah, yeah, yeah. all your motherfuckers was killing it right now, y'all need to do what Melo did and get that house. Yeah, exactly, man. man. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's 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 fucking great. I love hearing shit like that. Did you have any crazy guests on the radio? Like, I mean, just memorable, uh, legendary name, stuff. Uh, you name them. Every anyone and everyone came through. Like, definitely all the West Coast icons um, from Dr. Dre, um, Ice Cube, Snoop, so you Eminem. Were, wait, I you saw were, you were on the radio ninety five. This 95. was the heat. This is the yeah. heat of Death East Row. I remember Jay Z. Jay Z came through when uh, he dropped Dead Pre- Dead Presidents. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he came through. I mean, even um, you know some of the the OG hip hop heads. Um, or hip hop artist uh, De La Soul. I mean, you name it, man. Everyone came through. R and B, Mariah Carey, yeah. um, Janet Jackson. Um, 
How because was, you know people were oh, putting out records, and anytime they had a record, a new album out, they had to promote it. Yeah, and yeah. the beat was pretty large at the time, so they had to come through. Like we were kind of like the LA urban station. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. we're making a lot of noise, so they had to come fuck with us. So how was the climate during the East Coast West Coast shit? Yeah, that was uh, that was it. Got pretty intense, man. I remember when um, I think what and, your, uh, you guys know for those who don't know what I'm talking about, talking about the East Coast West Coast between like Tupac and Biggie. Yeah, probably mid '90s, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, 90, yeah. Well, 95 or 96. What yeah. set that off? Um, I remember this um, was when Tupac dropped "Hit Him Up." Yeah, yeah. and you know um, we were told not to play it, and Julio, of course, he plays it. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you guys that don't know Julio, he's um he's always just represented the West Coast. He's always like just got behind the West Coast, like new artists. You know what I mean? Like artists that have been in the game for years. He's always just supported their music. Yeah. So um you know and he has relationships with all these guys. Um you know and they respect him. And so he plays hit him up. And, uh, you know, I'll never forget the program director runs in the studios like, kill really? that shit. Oh, yeah, because that was, I mean, he's talking, he's fucking banging Reckless. hard, like, on, on, on Biggie yeah. and on Puff, you know what I'm right. saying? And so, and then the, the calls start coming in. I, th- I want to say there was, like, some death threats that came through. But really? then, of course, like, you know, the, 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 the kids out in the street, like, the, the heads, like, the West Coast heads, like, they would call in and request it. You know what I'm saying? And Wait, so, who were the people that were doing death threats? I don't know, just random random heads from the street or maybe really? people yeah yeah i mean i never i never personally got a death threat but like they would call the radio station and make threats i remember in fact one time there was a bomb scare there was a bomb scare yeah because Related? over 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 hit him up really yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. if my yeah. memory serves me correctly and we didn't find this out till later wow. and i just i just yeah, yeah, remember yeah. that time because when i have friends that don't know any better and not from la they're like yo what was it like and they're like thinking we were like riding for it and i'm like yo it was kind of a scary time yeah it like, was it man. wasn't like no. you might think like people were like kind of like on edge like damn he might have went a little too far with this like yeah it yeah, was yeah. weird so yeah, there was actually some people on the west coast that was like kind of offended by the record no um no it was more like people that like probably i don't know they were supportive of the east coast or maybe they came from the east coast and moved to the west Coast. i mean coast i'm sure they must have been some biggie fans on the west coast for sure i was bad a fan, boy man yeah. I was, and i just think they were just like yo, yo new york like, what was, the fuck new york I, just, was hot. I just felt like, like everybody in the west coast is riding for tupac yeah yeah like, oh for sure i mean he quickly became you know what i mean kind yeah. of like the, the the man you know what i'm saying on the yeah. west um but yeah i was man i was always a fan of biggie like new york was hot like at mm-hmm. 96 97 like man dropping albums like you know what i mean like that's yeah joints coming out of out of because yeah, i was like towards the end of the death row era it's yeah like everybody yeah. had left by then so right yeah. right so right, the, right. the politics on the radio you couldn't play hit him up and uh was that pissing off death row or like any of the people the Suge Knight comes to you um Suge Knight came through a few oh. times um but oh, he anytime Suge came through the station it was just like whatever Suge wanted like Suge got you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying um <laughs> I was never I was never hey, I get it I was never privy to those meetings I met him once um I forget what year it was but it's probably around that time and then he came to a club one night I was DJing um DJ AM's old club in Hollywood just randomly he fell through late night and LAX. came over to the DJ booth. LAX. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He came up to the DJ booth and, and said, what's up? And, oh, what's up, shit? And, you know, he was, he was cool. He was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was cool. And then um, I started playing just some death row music, and I think he appreciated that. So, nice. yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, Still out here. But yeah, it was, it, was, it was definitely an intense time if you were yeah. around for those years. And I remember one year at the Summer Jam, damn, I don't remember what year it was. There was this huge fight. It was um, it was two neighborhoods. Um, 
A summer Jam in LA, right? uh, Well, the Summer Jam was always at uh, the Irvine. Irvine Meadows. Yeah. Irvine because Irvine when you Meadows, say Summer yeah. Jam, people think New York one right away. Oh, okay, no, no, no. This is the one in LA yeah. okay, for cool. the beat. Yeah, yeah. But there was a huge fight, man. It ended the whole concert. And uh, no, I remember that. I think I was around like 11 or 12. Yeah, that was gnarly. I think my older sister was there. <laughs> yeah. She said yeah. it was crazy. Yeah, what fight between who? It was just two neighborhoods. Yeah. I think it was oh, Bloods shit. and Cribs or yeah. two. Yeah, I think it was Bloods and Cribs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there was like, I mean, it was just, you know, like LA is just like. You know, with the beat, it was always uh, our audience was primarily black and, and Mexican, mm-hmm. so it was crazy, man. You would have like, I mean, Irvine Meadows. I don't know if you ever went to a show, but like, it was like seventeen thousand people, and it was sell out every year. Yeah, and um, so it's just, yeah, just all these different like neighborhoods. You have Crips, you have Bloods, um, you have like you know the Mexicans from like Pomona, SGV, mm-hmm. like they, the neighborhoods. They were always there. Like, yeah, it was like it was it was tense, man. I who mean, was, we were always do backstage. Do you know who's performing that year? Oh man. Um, <laughs> Was it ninety five? So many of those. Um, well, I didn't. I didn't. I think my first summer jam was ninety six. Okay. But I want to say that 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 incident was probably ninety seven, ninety seven. I want to say it was like the second summer jam that that I ever did. Um, yeah. It was probably ninety seven, if I had to guess. It was crazy, man. Yeah. Like they would live it. They would do like a live broadcast, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, yep. The first <laughs> I year. I would sit in my house because I was too young to go and just listen to it, the live broadcast. Yeah, I the remember very first. Ninety five. Uh, Junior Mafia was actually performing. Really? Uh, okay, okay. In LA. Yeah. yeah, that sounds. Yeah, yeah that sounds yeah. accurate. That's yeah. not like that sounds nervous though. No, not, I think at the time there it was w- no beef, so the fact that they were out there, no one really, it wasn't a thing. But that I remember was before the beef. Yeah, ninety five yeah. was like, uh-huh. yeah, before they. Yeah. Oh yeah, before that shit happened in the studio. Yeah, mm-hmm. so remember that's when yeah, Junior, that, when Get yeah, Money just came out. Right, like, right, right. Because yeah. the Get Money yeah. remix is what. Get so money. Set it yeah, off. that sparked it off, right? Yeah, because yeah. he rhymed off of it, hit him up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So it's yeah. right yeah. before yeah. that <laughs> shit. Huh? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, same loop. Yeah, he freaked I think even loop. to live and die in L.A. That eps, that excerpt is from the beat, right? Where the girl oh, was talking. Is. That's Dominique Dupima. Like, that's about right. Fucking your yeah. wife. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that, that, yeah, that's from the beat. Dominique Dupima. She was one of the on-air personalities. What was her name again? Dominique Dupima. Yeah, yeah. She had a her show was a street science. Yeah, she's like street science. You're on there. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. That's right. Dang. Yeah. No, those yeah. are, I mean, regardless, I mean, you know, um, it did get tense, but, uh, man, looking back, like those were good times, man. Like the, the radio, like, um, we just had full creative freedom. Um, you know, we were getting paid to DJ on the air, like, um, handsomely at that. And, um, yeah, I mean, we could play whatever the hits were from the East coast, to the West coast. And then like, you know, we would have our gimmies. And for me personally, they kind of just let me do my thing. You know what yeah. I mean? As long as I just kept it within reason, I didn't abuse it. You know what I'm saying? So, um, it's funny, like when I step out and I talk to, people that grew up in LA you know what I'm saying and maybe they're DJ now or they listen to the radio they don't remember me playing the hits like to get money um, unless I was freaking it somehow they remember me playing like the indie hip hop stuff because mm. I would push that really hard you know what I mean because um, like I said this is like you know um, with the beat junkies being a beat junkie and stuff like right. we were always in fat beats buying those records yeah. and so you know I had the outlet and the platform to do it so I always tried to squeeze those in the mix and those are the ones that people remember those are like the standouts you know yeah, yeah because like the you guys had like uh, what do you call it? Like the 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 beat junkie. What, what would you call them? Like compilation volume ones and twos. Oh, and so threes? those were mixtapes. Yeah, 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 those yeah, were mixtapes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, so we had volume we had volume one, two, and three. And those were, were those some of the first joints on Wax though that you guys pushed out or like the the actual songs that we fe- that were featured on the mix. You mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was Peter. You were saying those were on wax, right? The yeah, volume ones and twos and threes. Yeah, vinyl, cassette, and CD. Yeah, wow, and those wow. were being sold like everywhere all over you the guys world. Distrib- Tower Records. Did you guys distribute? No, that that, that was actually um done through another independent label called Blackberry, um, mm-hmm. and that was run by a guy named uh, I think his name was Matt. 
God, so long ago. Um, but um, that was his label, and so he basically paid us to do the mix. You know so I mean? it was basically like a live mixtape. I'm trying to think, it, it, what's the most similar thing to this? Like a Funkmaster Flex when yeah. he came out with his volume one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was like a, it was basically like a mix of all this underground right. uh, indie artists. Correct. But and done West Coast style, though. West like Coast, mixing, yeah, yeah. Like the A-bar blends. But you, were that, the, like but you were DJing the new songs like a mixtape, pretty much. And yeah. then doing the Beat Junkie Juggles right, and all right, these right. Rocking doubles, cutting, right. cutting a little bit here and there. Yeah, yeah. Not too much mic work, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, so it was know, like no original music. It was like every these records came out already. Those were, yeah, releases. They were releases mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. some majors, um, but for the most part, they were indie, indie yeah. releases. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Um, when you when you guys released something like that, like uh, who were some of the artists that were popping around then? This is oh, probably man. a little late. Like Arsonist was that Arsonist, Most mm-hmm. Def, Artifacts, Most Def, Artifacts, Beat Nuts, yeah. um, Company Flow, like Company all those. Flow, yeah, 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 yeah. That was like that whole exactly. era, right? High in the yeah. Mighty, right, right, yeah, 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 yeah. Shout the Mighty Mai, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mighty Mai, where you at? <laughs> yeah. So wait, when you when you guys released the like Volume One, Volume Two, and then how long were you guys went on? How long were you on the radio? I was on the beat from 95 till 2002. Wow. And then... um, Because we were doing research with you online, and Mm -hmm. there seems to be like a gap around 2000 to 2005. Sounds like... For radio? For just for any information on like, mm, um, yeah, it's like you took a the majority of the beat junkies. Oh no, it just wasn't like documented yeah. or anything was going on. Oh, okay. Maybe, yeah. yeah, we were all still very active um, in the early 2000s. Yeah, I'm sure you guys didn't vacation for five years. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but I actually ended up going with Julio to another radio station um, in 2003. I think we did like a year and a half or two. Um, it was called Hot 92, and uh, we had a specialty show on Saturday nights called Aqua Boogie, which was all 80s funk R and B. Oh wow! Um, and again, this is pre Serato, so you know, and I'm. Mm-hmm record digging like every week you right. know, buying records and so now I'm yeah. like you know is that trying to like the time that they flipped that uh, the beat flipped exactly yeah. that's exactly when it was Wait, what, yeah. what did the beat flip to I don't remember what what happened with so what happened was um, the corporation that owned 92.3 the beat was clear channel right and they had like 300 plus radio stations across the country mm-hmm. and then they had this other corporation from Atlanta um, called radio one yeah. and the deal was um, the beat sold the actual name the, the beat to this Radio One Corporation, and but they said we're keeping the ninety-two point three the beat signal, but we're going to give you this other hundred point three. So we're going to give you this hundred point three radio station, and we're going to give you the beat. You can do yeah, what you want what with happened. it, remember, but we're yeah. keeping the ninety-two. Why did they do that? Because the ninety-two point three was where the juice was at. That was the better signal. Hundred point three, you couldn't get it all oh, up and down shit. Southern California. But why would they sell the name of it? Uh, they just didn't want to do it anymore, I guess. I, I don't know the, the, the whole backstory, um, but they, they ended up going this other direction, and they pulled actually pretty much all of the existing team from 92.3 The Beat over to Hot 92. So they just kind of reformatted, you know what I mean? It went to like an old school radio station. But that was fun too, man. Like I had a lot of fun doing that mix with Julio. Um, just and, doing uh, old school shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just like filling holes in my collection, like certain 12 inches, like I didn't have two copies of, you know what I'm saying? Disco mm-hmm. breaks. Um, funk, R&B, 80s classics, um, a little bit of like early hip hop, like 80s hip hop, but for the most part, it was like funk and R&B. Do you still dig once in a while? Once in a while, yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't record shop as much as I used to, but um, you but, enjoy that shit. Uh, I still, I mean, I get caught up when I go to record stores. Really? I'll get caught up for hours, man, and I'll end up spending a gang of dough. I used to and hate <laughs> digging, yo. Really? Serious? I, I used love to hate it. Man. I used to love oh, that dude, shit, man. I loved it, man. Me and J Rock, we would go to. Um, I don't know if you guys had this in the East Coast, but we would have like record uh, record fairs, record swap meets that would happen. Yeah, like the, beat, once yeah, a yeah. Month. the beat swap meet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. We, in New York, you used to have like um, um, the hotels. They used to have like 
they used to have in a barroom have record sales. Different vendors, like, right? Like once a like, month. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So you all have the same the same stuff. I just hate when I hated like looking for for something, going to like four record shops and not finding it. I, like, I hated that. that. You could always call ahead, right? I loved you, it, you man. Call, call nah, ahead, like, I would yo, go. Like, I would like look and I'd be like, "Fuck, they don't have it." I went damn. over there, they don't have it. You guys like, remember oh, going like in '93 and, and buying like the Wu Tang and the Midnight Marauders album on the same day when it came out? Y'all didn't do I that. I remember that. Yeah, I did. Rock and Soul. Yeah, 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 man. I was Rock looking at soul. Yeah. Yeah. I was in high school. I wasn't doing that shit. Yet. Yeah, I was, I was, I was you're chasing shit. girls. It's okay. Yeah, I still buy records. The The last time I bought records was the last beat swap meet. Um, yeah, I just bought some 45s, um, some hip-hop 45s. But it sucks because now it's like uh, you guys are hip to Discogs, I assume, right? Everyone knows about yeah. Discogs. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it just sucks because that like kind of sets the bar as far as the prices. So back in the day, know, like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? You can find records for a dollar, two dollars. Like, ooh, what? Okay, yeah, 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 yeah they dollar. <laughs> Oh, dude, it's just like, yeah, they set the bar. So now it's like, you know, a 45. Like, man, I spent 75 bucks on a reckless uh, 45. But it's also hard to find, like, 45 hip-hop records as well. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean. Do you guys know know what the Discogs is? I haven't. No. Yeah, Yeah. Discogs Discogs is like an online site. Eddie put me on. Yeah, for like basically vinyl. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But it's become like this. What what would you call it? Like the StockX? Like the eBay? They kind of set the bar for prices. They set the bar for prices. So, like, you, you... there would be some like you know like a lot of record store and vinyl owners they don't know like you know like common sense the bitch in you they but don't know worth. that's a rare record you yeah. know but then you know if they research it on discogs they'd be yeah. like oh shit like yeah. it's worth this discogs yeah. is selling it for yeah. this much okay i'm gonna sell it for that much they're gonna too. price it up there yeah exactly yeah. they mark it up so um but yeah they have you can find anything on discogs from you know what i mean the things that were major commercial releases to like things that are super rare but the only problem with them is also it's a gamble because you never know. You might order something, then you get that 45 or record, and it might be all scratched up. Yeah, I personally never bought anything, um, but I, I, I do a lot of research on there for the record pool. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I've never actually ordered from Discogs. I know J-Rock does. Um, I've ordered it a couple of times. And like yeah. Only a few times I had like a problem with the record was warped mm-hmm. or it was scratched a little bit. Mm, okay. Yeah, so what happens? You do you give that, the guy like two stars or something? Exactly, yeah. Just like give him yeah. one star. Like, yeah. But you'll get your money back, right? I don't even. I just like fuck it. I took an L. Yeah. Charge it to the game, never. Yeah, because that shit. That shit could have happened in transit, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it could have been more. Uh, it could have been that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's also the, the seller's responsibility. They got to package that shit correctly. You know what I'm saying? A lot yeah. of it's like overseas, also. So yeah. You oh know yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything could have happened. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I I I I remember digging, and I used to love digging for samples and digging for soul. Yeah. I just did not like digging for like when you were trying to find the records that you needed. Like for the clubs, because yeah. it was just like really, and it was just the most annoying and this like tedious shit where you just had to go from here to here and check in the stores. So I'm just curious. Yeah. I like just I hated that. You I know? used to like it, man. I never really spent time in New York um, in the '90s, and I uh, assume so you guys, you guys were DJing clubs. What was the sound back in back in the clubs? Like, so this is like uh, the tunnel, right? Y'all had the tunnel. I, I have no idea what was going on in the '90s. It was a bunch. It was like the tunnel. It was Palladium. Palladium. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, it's like a bunch of it's a ton. But what you saying? Like, you know what? You know what's actually a good like, as far as like the records that were being played, and that's like Flex, right? I mean, like, everything you know, like Flex was, was doing the clubs. Like the mid '90s was like all Biggie, Trump. You know, it's like, uh, if we just aired an episode with Ellie Escobar and uh, Goldfinger. Mm, okay, you, that's the one you want to listen to because we yeah. literally break down the like the, the two decades, like we did the okay. ni- uh, '90s in in 
New York and in the 2000s okay. and the club scene and what was going on. So about yeah. an hour to like an hour and a half of what just yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, dope. Some Honestly, history, with that with right that episode, we could have gone another two hours just talking about the history of yeah. New York and yeah. what the fuck was going on. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. The episode could have been five hours, but yeah, I could have three something. Yeah. Mm, okay. But I, I, I see, I always that. wondered the same thing because a lot of DJs coming up, uh, I mean, a lot of DJs, West Coast DJs that we've had here, particularly like Cali DJs, LA DJs that we've had on this podcast, right? They said their coming up was they weren't really playing hip hop. Mm. There weren't any hip hop clubs. Like who, who? A lot of them, like they were yeah. just they, they were playing. They, were playing the, they, said, they had to play house music. They had to DJ yeah. in raves because there was mm. no real hip hop. And I think no, there, there was. Think Vice told me about one oh, DJ Icy Ice. I mm-hmm. think he was one of the only dudes that really had a, like a, a long term hip hop party. Yeah, right? yeah. And yeah. but everything else was like all these other DJs were going like even. Um, Remember Mega Man was saying him and Cyber Kid would have to yeah. like do raves in order to DJ, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. they couldn't really play hip hop. Even on the DJ AM documentary, it shows him just going to raves in the beginning. So, so. I was like a lot of the uh, the DJs now who are like you know you know who are around. I guess in my generation or whatever, a lot of them came up having to DJ raves hmm. when they didn't want to. Right, and then that was it, really the only outlet. It was the only outlet, DJing. and then I didn't really know to. I, I didn't know Icy Ice till I think Vice mentioned it. Yeah, 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 never yeah. Heard of and then yeah he's one of the beat junkies, also. Yeah, yeah, one of the original he's beat on, junkies. He's yeah. one of you guys. Yeah, and then so I was. Oh, I wanted to know more about that. What his party? Okay. Because no one ever talks about it. Yeah, that's a huge part of um, LA culture. Um, so, because you guys don't even know about nah, that. Shit. I think I was a little too young. Me and Jamie oh, both. I was so born in '89. Yeah, Icy Ice had a his mobile group was Legend Entertainment. Mm-hmm. And so they were based out of Carson. And so, you know, he had his squad, maybe they were 15, 20 deep. But same thing, he started kind of doing like mobile house parties and all the same gigs we used to do. But he started doing this 18 over club. And it was primarily like, um, it was mostly Filipinos because um, mm-hmm. ISIS is Filipino. But he used to host it at this place called the Variety Arts Center in downtown, which was a four story building. And same thing, he would get 800, 1,000 kids. It was like every wow. Thursday night, I think. Wow, and so this is. Yeah, this is like 90, this is early 90s, like 92 to like 94, 91 to like 94, but that shit was cracking. And then they started doing like um, gigs in other kind of like big locations, um, big halls and stuff like that. But yeah, they had a huge following. Um, at a certain point, it got so big, they started bringing out acts. Um, so I know they had like, uh, they had Ronnie and Joe Cooley one night. Um, man, I'm drawing a blank right now, but I, I definitely know like that second or third summer um, they were bringing out like some some A-listers as far as like performances and stuff, but yeah, I had a huge following and uh, but th- we played everything in there. We played um, some freestyle like Miami bass music that we all grew up on. We played um, New Jack Swing. Um, we played like '80s like Lisa Lisa, mm-hmm. and then we also played new hip hop. So like you know Mad Lion, Tribe, Award Tour, like all the records yeah. of Wu Tang, mm-hmm. like all that stuff. So we played everything in there. Um, yeah, that, that was that was fun. How long did that party last? Oh man, I want to say at least three seasons, three years. Three um, years. Yeah, and then no, actually they kept it going long, definitely longer than that because they went from Variety Arts Center and then towards the late mid to late nineties they moved it to another spot called Arena, which is equally as large. Um, it was a huge room, held like a thousand people, had a big balcony, and so they they were there for another two, maybe three years. So, um, and then they did, I think it's called the Avalon now in Hollywood. Same thing, huge venue. Um, man, so, man, now that I think about it, sh- probably like seven, eight years, something like that. Wow. And they just kind of moved locations. Um, but that shit was legendary, man. Yeah, yeah, They used to pack the house, and, and that shit was rocking. What was uh, sure. What was something called Unity? 
also unity so that was kind of like the hip-hop like the underground um night um where like you know it's strictly like hip-hop like okay. like rap so this what is year like, was this this is um unity um unity's like 90 i might be off a little bit here but that's 95 to like 98 mm-hmm. maybe 99 um, and it's funny the guy that called me Mark Love like he was the resident DJ earlier shout out to Mark Love <laughs> but like yeah that was just straight like boom bap hip hop so it was like back, backpack hip hop backpack hip hop yeah but I mean you know this is again Wu-Tang so you would hear ice cream in there you would hear east coast and west coast but it wow. was strictly a rap night mm-hmm. like yeah 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 but that shit was cracking too so um, there was some like hip hop there was yeah 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 okay but, so, but it, I guess there wasn't that wide of a, of a scene a big enough a scene for I'm various not. DJs to get on and just kind of come up on right? yeah Vice was always um, he was always kind of more of um, kind of like a party DJ you know what I mean mm-hmm. um, he could play hip hop too you know right, what I'm saying right. he would get busy a little bit um, but he you know it, it's it's funny like uh, you look at where he's at now and it makes total sense because I, I you know so Vice was also part of that Ghetto Baby record pool <laughs> so he was it's funny man that, that's where I met him and um, he didn't he wasn't even old enough to drive I think he was 15 and I was probably like 19 something like that but Frankie like he was basically Frankie's assistant and Frankie would be like go pick up these records and so I remember like we would jump in Vice I think he had a Volkswagen bug like a blue bug and he didn't even have a license yo and so we're rolling around LA like <laughs> like oh, you should be driving right now but um, then he started DJing he gets on the radio and um yeah but then he starts doing like uh you know these parties like clubs you know what i'm saying like right, we're right. playing top 40 he's yeah. playing a little bit of hip-hop too um whatever's being played on the radio and then you know early on he's you know how he rocks now like he's always on the mic and stuff he's he's that dude man so um but he would come around he would come to the legend parties um with um man his old partner splice and uh what's the dude um neil um forget his dj name but they, they would they would roll through once in a while yeah. and like he would drop a set and stuff like that and then mm-hmm. we used to like um intersect you know we would cross paths like you know we would do some of the same clubs together every once in a while i would catch a gig where he was djing and it would be like more of one of his style gigs where mm-hmm. i'm you yeah. know i'm playing a top 40 set too along next to him and stuff like that so yeah he's he was always in the mix man but there, there definitely was there was outlets for everything um it's just like maybe they didn't happen as frequently right, mm-hmm. right you yeah. know what i'm saying but like unity was definitely like that was a staple in la for sure um legend entertainment um, it was called The Source. That was the name of the night. The, the Source. source? The, oh, source. the Source. It's, it's a good name for a spot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. shout out to Legend Icy that. Ice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, original Beat Junkie. And Icy Ice's younger sister, um, Symphony, um, was also a Beat Junkie, and she was... Um, yeah, she was battling too. Um, she mm-hmm. would. She started DJing on the beat with us um, in the later 90s. Um, so yeah, man, those were those were good times. Yeah, wow. we, had, we definitely had a good scene out there. As a unit, the whole B Junkies, you guys. I mean, you got Babu, who was part of uh, Dilated Peoples, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it was probably around the late '90s when they were probably blowing up too, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then uh, Jurassic Five. And then did you guys tour with like Cypress Hill and? And so we did a radio show on the beat called uh, Soul Assassins, and uh-huh. that was myself, Rhett Maddock, and Babu. It was a specialty show every Friday night, but at the same time, this is like late 90s, so um, we're playing just underground hip-hop, like boom-bap stuff, right. you know what I'm saying? Um, so that was the show. Um, Rhett has a side project with Bobo, um, who plays percussion, um, and he it's called Rhett Maddock, and Rhett Maddock versus Bobo. And so he's toured with Bobo, but I don't think he's ever toured with Cypress Hill. Um, but yeah, that was uh, pretty much the only capacity that I can remember where we worked directly with Cypress. But those are the homies, like yeah, Bobo yeah. and yeah. Be Real, like you know, all the homies right there. But so. you've also done shows, like you've DJ, you've done shows with like various artists. I'm just gonna list a couple, and they're like a wide range of motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. And I want to know if this is accurate because we okay. found this on yeah, uh, Wikipedia. Yeah, something like <laughs> yeah, that. Somewhere on the no doubt. Yeah. Eminem. Mm-hmm. James Brown. Yep. Aaliyah. Mm-hmm. 
I got an, I got I'm gonna go back to the Leo one, but yeah. Ludacris. Ludacris, yep. And then Katy Perry. Katy Perry, that was at that was out here. Really? Yeah, that was at um Wasted Space. Y'all remember Wasted Space yeah. at the Hard Rock? The Hard Rock, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, 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 wait. What was that? It was kind of like a rock. It was like a, it was venue. a rock bar. Yeah. Rock bar, yeah. A lot of I don't like, remember that. I remember that. This yeah. is when she got hot, like in 2008. This was right before she blew up. So this is what? What was that first? A kiss the girl. Girls. Yeah, that was yeah, like yeah. 2007. Eight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Around yeah, yeah. 2007. Maybe. Presto had a residency there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was me and Presto. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They had like a bunch of TVs there. I think so. Maybe behind the bar. Real, like it was that like shit a used real to go gothic, off though. Like dark. Wasted space. like Sid Vicious used to DJ. It was really Sid Vicious. Yeah. Oh, it was like a rock bar, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was strictly rock. I mean, I think they opened it up like maybe a year later. Um, but like for the first year, like yo, we were like just playing straight rock. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That show was kind of fun. There's like a, a drummer set or a band next to the <coughs> DJ booth. Yeah, right? they had yeah. a little stage, so that's where Katy Perry performed, and so they had me DJ for. Her and, yeah, you know what I mean, bring her out and all that stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was her. So um, then, wait, wait. What was this Aaliyah thing? So that's Vibe TV. Ooh. So um, she came and did. Um, if you guys remember Hot Like Fire, remember that song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, we would film uh, the TV show four days a week. We filmed Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and we filmed two on Thursday, and we had Fridays off. So um, we would get on set like I don't know, eleven, maybe like noon, and then we would work until uh, six p.m. And so you know, uh, anyhow, she comes through, and um, when anytime we had a musical guest, um, the band would back up. The, the artist so we would play their track so um so yeah i rehearsed with her um you know um kind of like dialogue with her about ideas like you know what do you think of this um so it's just a real subtle baby scratch you know what i'm saying and then the band's obviously playing the music and so um so yeah we rehearsed together and then we performed and then it aired that night wow um, i wish i had pictures from that stuff man i i never carried a camera around and just like looking back and i was like damn like, you i have a lot think of about that shit, shit. Yeah, 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 yeah so you can't find any of those clips on um youtube it might be. Um, there's some vibe stuff, I think. Um, people have tagged me because um, we actually did when we won a battle in '97. Um, we won the world championship for ITF. Um, they actually invited us to perform on the TV show. So I, I know for sure that one's on YouTube. But yeah. yeah, there might be some of the the musical, the guest stuff out there somewhere. Um, but yeah, so that was uh, that was uh, my. Uh, so uh, literally through the outlet of Vibe TV, you were you is this where No Doubt and Eminem? And so uh, Eminem um, and No Doubt was that was another TV show um, that I did um, called Farm Club. That was uh, the TNT network, and that was the early another TV show. Yeah, that was a different TV show, <laughs> but it was a yeah yeah yeah. Damn, you're um, a rock star, bro. Check, check no, no, no. coming, man. <laughs> Jesus, no wonder the house came fast. Wait wait wait. <laughs> wait, wait. Now, I mean, I don't want to get only in business, but how is no. the checks? when you're DJing a TV show? So, um, so I think for Vibe, I was getting, after taxes, it was like 2,800 a week. Um, How many shows is that? We recorded five shows. Oh, wow. Yeah, and then I was also doing the radio at the time and I was getting um, 1,800 every two weeks. For, and I was DJing five sometimes six nights a week i think five nights a week that's at that point really good that's back really then, good right? back then yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no for sure and you was yeah, also yeah. doing clubs at the time as well right? uh, yeah i was doing mobile gigs and then you know we Shit. were battling and stuff so damn we would get i know motherfuckers like, who would do, do it for that money right now <laughs> <laughs> that's what i'm saying like I, I feel like you know this is a i had a conversation with uh dj reflex this is i don't know not that long maybe like seven eight years ago yeah. but i remember like man i don't think he was saying djs don't get paid anything like now the stations i mean at least in la i don't know how it is in the east coast but 
I, I know the personalities they get a check for sure but i'm talking yeah. like the, the mix show djs like yeah no i mean in la i don't think they're getting anything like yeah, basically like New they're York being the told way, they're being told you got to try and just flip you know you got to try and flip this for yourself like you know what i mean and just like take yeah, advantage of the platform and well, they got you know? radio for free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the, even out here, the, like I don't. Yeah, just for the platform. Exactly, just for the yeah, for the promotion. Yeah. You know what well, I mean? Well, I've heard it's some some places uh, minimum wage. Yeah. Damn. For an hourly. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, that's crazy. And then I hear other places are fifty bucks an hour. Yeah. When I first started, that was my rate. When I first started on the beat in '95, they were giving me fifty dollars a mix. Yeah, and wow. then um, yeah, and that then shit added up quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then I started DJing more, and then my mix was uh, thirty minutes at first, and then they extended it to an hour, maybe like two years in, and then you know we started doing mix weekends. Mm-hmm. Um, we brought in some more DJs, and then we moved into that corporate office. What's What's one of the most legendary drops that you have in the cut that you haven't drops like uh, from an artist? You yes. Mean? Man, I wish I had. I have some of them actually, um, but they're all they're all on carts. We used to play those off of carts. I don't know if you yeah. back in the day like I, you know I had internal radio, but radio yeah, I know carts. About, um, yeah. Julio actually converted some of them for me, but man, I had everybody. What do you um, mean by carts? Like the shit that looks like eight tracks? Yeah, yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They like plug it in, machine, right? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And then there's this it, you plug it into a separate line, and that's how you play the drop on the air. Um, but I had everybody, man. I had yeah, Aaliyah, Common. Um, you gotta, De La Soul, Dilated Peoples. You gotta dig that shit up. Everybody, yeah. yeah, I, yeah I, I gotta, I gotta. There's definitely. I'm missing a good handful of them. But Did I you have like a Biggie Tupac. I have, I had, I didn't have a Tupac. Um, Do you have a Biggie? one? I think I had a Biggie one. Wow. Uh, yeah, I definitely had a Biggie yeah, one. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, all the West Coast cats, Cube, um, Dre. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. I saw that Dre was holding one of you guys' new vinyl up. So that's the school record. That's the second volume of the school record I was telling you guys about. It's a, fa- it's yeah. a flex, man. Yeah, nice. so what's crazy, uh, the uh, story behind that is, so um, he wanted, uh, I don't know what he wanted it for, but he was looking for It's Time. So one of his producers called me one day. You guys know the record, It's Time, right? Yeah. yeah. One of his producers, um, the homie uh, Fred Reck, um, he called me one day and was just like, yo, he's like, Dre's looking for It's Time you have your records i was like man mine's in storage um i was like but i got like eight copies you know what i mean but they're all in storage because i'm i'm in process of moving right so i don't have any of my records in front of me and so i was like run to the storage what's that Uh, you didn't run to the storage if dr j's looking (laughs) for a record i have to to dig it out man sprinting there (laughs) and like that specific record i know it's in a box and i have like probably close to 100 boxes that are sealed you know what i mean so i'd have to yeah there's no way i'm fine you know what i'm saying like um, no disrespect to the doc. Sorry, <laughs> doc. Like, yeah. You have to wait. So I told Fred, I was just like, yo, it's on the, n- the new school record. So um, he went down and picked it up and um, gave it to Dre. I don't know if Dre wanted just to practice or if he wanted to record something uh-huh. um, or whatever, but he wanted, he was looking for It's Time. Damn. And so then just like, you know, just to reciprocate, like he threw us that, he snapped that shot for us. And Shout out to so Fred. That was right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I used to, like he had like some West Coast bangers. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to yeah. love that dude. He produced a lot for DPG. Yeah. Um, worked uh, alongside Dre, Chronic 2000. Um, yeah, man. All him, Battle Cat. Yeah. Like, yeah, Fred, yeah. He produced Calling Out Names, right? Mm-hmm. Corrupt. What's yeah. up, Fred? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was another disc record, too. Yeah. Ooh. Remember that one? Yeah, he was. He went hard in the paint on that one. Yeah. You guys um, you guys celebrated uh, 20 years to be junkies mm-hmm. uh, in 2000. 12 12 12 12. Mm-hmm. 12. Mm-hmm. and then i kind of noticed that you guys started really kind of getting organized and pushing the brand further yeah. after that yep and yep. i was wondering if there was something that kind of happened after the 20 years i think everyone maybe kind of realized yo like maybe after the tour you guys were like 
wow we've got a huge following or like we still we're, we're still able to do this shit or maybe we're not taking advantage of everything that we can you guys are a little bit older and you're like yeah a little bit more business minded that's exactly what happened that's exactly, exactly what happened. how it happened so prior to doing the 20 year um it was kind of a, this interesting period for the beat junkies for this crew where when i was out here you know right. working at body english doing the clubs like you know working the scene with y'all um you know babu was working with dilated peoples mm-hmm. rep maddox touring you know month after month with yeah, visionaries it seems like the 2000s you guys kind of all split up a little yeah, bit everyone just kind of did, their, did own thing, their own thing but we were still really tight like kept in contact right. all the time like the homies would come out here and kick it with me i was always going back to la when i was living here to like mm-hmm. you know link yeah. up with them and like do stuff whether it was recording or a gig or whatever so um you know it was never any love loss like you know we're we're all that i think that's no, what's of course kept i don't think there was beef oh, all yeah, these yeah, yeah 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 but um the 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 anniversary um, was basically the catalyst for all, everything that we're doing so now. So you did it. Twenty. It was twenty approaching twenty years, mm-hmm. and then, like you guys are just like, let's just do a tour and shit. I, so I, I basically um, called all the fellas and I'm like, man, twenty years, y'all. You know what I'm saying? We should do something. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And um, <laughs> at first, from J Rock, he's he's funny. You guys got to know Jay, but he's like, he's real big on not t- not time stamping himself. Right. It's like, man, fuck that. Like twenty years, man. And tell motherfuckers how old we are. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> No nah, man, like we gotta fucking come on, man. At least in our hometown, you know what I'm saying. We haven't done shit out here for a club or a gig like together, together, yeah, like yeah, all yeah. of us, like under one roof for almost a decade. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I was like, come on, let's make something happen. So, um, so we did it at this uh, it's kind of a legendary venue in LA called the Echoplex. Uh, pretty sizable, holds a thousand people. Um, and uh, yeah, so we basically made it like uh, we celebrated 20 year anniversary, and it was a showcase night. So mm-hmm. we all like got up there and did individual sets. We practice for i don't know two weeks um we ran out some studio time um in the area and put together some routines um lrg um floated us a you know 20 year anniversary shirt kind of gifted that mm-hmm. to us and so we sold merch and um yeah it was huge so you know and it got everyone pumped up and, and and beyond that like just to backtrack like just you know again us kind of like going our own lanes in the years prior um but having to connect in the studio and like flush out these routines and like you know brainstorm ideas kind of like reconnected us as djs on the dj tip so it was it was good to kind of reconnect in that sense and then we did the show and then do over we actually there was a whole weekend so we did our show at the echoplex and then we took over the do over that Mm. sunday um and so yeah so you know after the weekend and you know what i'm saying like, like you guys got together you guys had an epic weekend it was yeah. fun yeah mm-hmm. and then you're like wow like this yeah. is dope yeah yeah, yeah. we, we haven't done do, this do, yeah exactly so and then uh, you also kind of saw the reaction from the people you mm-hmm. saw the following come out yeah like people are still checking for us you know yeah. what i'm saying mm-hmm. like i'm yeah. sure you got like a bunch of uh tweets and instagram yeah. posts and yeah. you were just like yo there's something here that mm-hmm. we've been neglecting yeah it's crazy we ended up uh we ended up selling yes yeah, a thousand seats and we turned away like 420 something people like wow. walk us. Oh. i remember pulling up like you know um sound check loading and stuff and then like i think i left to grab some food or something and came back like before doors were gonna open it and the shit I was like whoa I'll never forget this shit was around the fucking block I was like damn this is yeah. gonna be sick like yeah so um, yeah it's, that was that was a real special night for us it's such a great thing to me and I actually want a lot of the younger DJs to hear this because uh, you know it's not I feel like a lot of DJs are going for self mm-hmm. which is a great thing of course it's a great thing to like nurture your talents and like mm-hmm. brand yourself and be the star but I also think there's power in like numbers and there's something something great about a synergy of a, a bunch of dudes who like each other, who are cool with each other, and who are like you know watching each other's back and yeah, coming up in the game other. together and yeah. supportive. Yeah, and it, it's a real testament after 20 years that you guys have been friends this long, have been loyal to to each other this long. Yeah, man. And even after 20 years, you know, I just saw uh, actually 
you know, David Letterman has that Netflix special, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, and he had Ellen on there. Okay, and she was, and her career kind of suffered after she came out the closet. Mm-hmm. She had a TV show. She mm-hmm. couldn't get a job. Like no one was trying to book her. Yeah, and she landed her Ellen TV show when she was forty-five, mm. and which is her most successful thing right. ever. Right? Yeah. I mean, right. and it was at the you know, it's no one ever thinks they're going to be successful in their forties. Right. Yeah. Right. But it's here like, she is at forty-five, and she's. Larger, really just larger than ever yeah just yeah. larger yeah. than ever and i feel like right now with you guys and what you guys are doing after 20 years i think it's such an incredible and it's a it's a beautiful thing to see a group of friends work together yeah come together at a 20 year anniversary and be like yo there's something here and then slowly build in the next five years this yeah. this, this this empire thanks man i appreciate that yeah you know it means I mean? a lot yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I, but i understand like i understand like i, I really love operations i love like you know just how things work organically when it's not forced and you know right and with social media there's a lot of like smoke and mirrors you know oh yeah and for me like when i see things like this and i look at the pattern of business you know like i'm like okay you know 2014 you know record pool clothing line 17 school you know radio show like everything just starts a pattern and you guys just start organizing and even you telling me how you guys spent a year just building the school together yeah, right. which is crazy yeah. with no money coming in yeah. and just working on the shit for yeah. a year which is not easy either yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of doubts and a oh, lot of, yes. a lot you of uh, frustrating moments for sure exactly. times when yeah. to give up right. like, and I think it's important that all, of the, all y'all motherfuckers really listen and just kind of like understand that in 20 years you guys can still build something incredible and keep the legacy going to yeah. what you guys, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's really great. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, was, we're, we're pretty fortunate, been pretty fortunate to, to kind of be where mm-hmm. we are today and um, have the, the ventures that we do um, with the record pool, um, B-Junkies TV, the DJ school, and for them to most importantly be well received, you know, yeah. Yeah. across the board um, in the DJ community. So, uh, yeah, we're super grateful for So after that, it. after you guys got together and you guys had a moment to soak it all in, what was the initial steps to really just start getting the ball? rolling on like look there's a brand out here that that's still strong mm-hmm. and uh we got to capitalize on it and we got to like market we got to build something you're talking about after the anniversary yeah yeah so um so funny story so um uh, he's one of our guys i don't know if you guys have ever met him but um he goes by dj for real his name's sunil um i know from, sunil okay yeah, yeah yeah so he he was doing a party called red cup sundays so at icon exactly mm-hmm. so he would bring us all out you know all the junkies you know we rotate whatever and so every time i would go to, to dj um so this is right after the anniversary maybe 2013 ish yeah. like 2012 mm-hmm. maybe like i think right around I think the anniversary 2013, okay, right, 2013. Yeah. so he would bring me out to do the club uh friday saturday night and then we started doing red cup he'd bring out to dj and so every time i would come through He'd be like, Mello, he's like, we got to get, man, we got to sit down and talk about doing a record pool. Mm-hmm. It was really his idea. And I, he'll tell you the story. I was always against it. I was like, nah, man, record pool. Like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I really don't know too much about it, like, other than being a user. Because I was, you know, um, I was always using, like, DMS. And I, d- I think DJ City, they, they set me up with an account. And yeah. I was still more focused on DJing. I just wanted to DJ and do clubs By the and way, stuff. DJ City is... Uh, one of the best record pools out there. <laughs> number, yeah. one. <laughs> number one. Number one. Did I hear right? Did you say DJ City's the number one and, and record pool? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's also one of the best 
waters out there in camp <laughs> Don Julio. shameless plug <laughs> no, shout out there's to dj d- city man look there's def- <laughs> definitely different brands of water out there and dj city is definitely the fiji of water and it's yeah. you know it's out there for the road podcast this is our water the podcast. <laughs> no so the so planted the seed for the record pool right and i always just i just shut them down i probably shut them down like a dozen times and finally like i was like all right man i'll get the fellas together so we sat down at icon uh, we had a meeting and stuff and just so that we started just kind of brainstorming on how to mm-hmm. build a record pool and um, I said alright well if we're going to build one we got to build one that's true to kind of our brand you know what I'm saying like we can't just go out there and just be okay we got a record pool of all the hits like people right. are just like, we'll get fucking dissed for that shit you know what yeah. I mean like um, we can integrate the hits but we got to like make it like our shit like you know shit right. that we play like the records that we've collected mm-hmm. so um, yeah and that took fuck man yeah, that was a good year and a half mm-hmm. to build that well, out. It you know, seems like there was a two-year gap where you launched it. Cause the yeah, it launched in 2014. Yeah, because the anniversary mm-hmm. was 2012. 2012, yeah. It was yeah, like yeah, two yeah. years. So, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, I was almost, yeah. yeah. yeah that's That makes total sense. It was about a year and a half, I yeah. remember. I really like how you guys take your time to build something. Yeah, I mean, those stuff like that, those are, I mean, trust me, if it was up to me, like, uh, I would get it done faster. Yeah. But, like, stuff like that, big <laughs> projects like that, like, they, they take time. You, know, you, you yeah. want to put thought into it. Um, and there's little things and hiccups that happen along the way. And then, yeah, when you're setting up business entities, like you're dealing with paperwork mm-hmm. and you know, that type of stuff. So you have to have, you know, all your T's crossed, your I's dotted. Um, so, yeah, stuff like that takes time. But, um, but yeah, so that took about a year and a half to build out so and you uh, launched, just program. You launched the record pool mm-hmm. and then that slowly builds. And then the next stage, what, what kind of initiated the next stage? Which so that was like, okay, so we have the record pool. Um, obviously, we're all still very active as live DJs. Like we can always, we can always go out and play live and book and mm-hmm. travel and tour and stuff. Um, but, um, you know, again, this goes back to the, what I was telling you guys earlier, D-Styles is just like, okay, well, let's, let's figure out what's the next, the next thing we can wow. do, you know what I mean? And attach that makes sense for yeah. our brand for the Beach Junkies. And that was the DJ school. Um, so yeah, then fast forward, uh, we opened that in mm-hmm. July of, no, I'm sorry, April of 2017. Uh, we got the keys for the building in June of 2016. So a little less than a year to build out, like 10 months. I love something how organic like everything plays out. And then obviously you have the school and then you, you launch uh, Beat Junkies, Junkies TV. Because now we have yeah. we have a space, you know, right. now we can, it's our spot. So we can pretty much do whatever we want. So it's just like, okay, let's take yeah. advantage of, you know yeah. I mean? We have all this equipment, like we're teaching lessons. So let's start another business. Um, so we launched uh, Beat Junkies TV in July of last year. So yeah. that's that's coming up on a year old, yeah, and that's uh, that's going really well. But with the subscription stuff, um, you know, uh, it's it's a uh, it's a funny it's a funny business because you see people come and go. You know, what I'm saying like people will subscribe, and we have subscribers that have been with us since day one on the record pool. Right. You know, what I'm saying they pay yeah. their thirty five dollars or their whatever x amount of dollars per year, and then like you know we'll get emails from DJs that'll you know um, more like on the courtesy tip like oh man like you know Christmas is coming up I'm trying to or the, I'm saving up for this or that like I don't want to lose my subscription but I'm gonna come back and sometimes they you know they'll we'll get that email hey I'm, I'm back you know what I mean and, okay cool and sometimes they don't you know what I'm saying some cats they'll sign up for like the month and they just want to just like kind of just go through the site and just get as much music as yeah. they can and hey that's cool like you know what I'm saying like um, and the same thing with uh, with Beach Junkies TV um, some people will sign up for a month and some people will sign up just out of curiosity to check it out um, we have other content on there too um, just that's available for people that are not DJs but are mm-hmm. maybe an enthusiast um, yeah. so yeah but it's it's been good to us man it's, it's really yeah. cool and the cool thing about as you guys I'm sure you know like running an online business like compared and this is another hard lesson that we learned like 
the D, the school, the actual Beat Junkie Institute of Sound in Glendale, like that's our first brick and mortar operation. Mm. That shit is no fucking joke, man. It's, it's not like a joke. You, you're dealing with overhead, you're dealing with rent, you're dealing with you know Lights, utilities, yeah. um, State you know, tax, wear and tear, sales equipment, tax, sales yeah, tax, yeah. yeah, all that, man. So it's just like you know, um, it's it's very expensive. Cali to is bad too because uh, you guys have the most like entrepreneurial. Like for an entrepreneur, oh yeah, a yeah. business owner, you mm -hmm. have the most, you got all types of taxes. Yeah, there's, yeah. I think so. It w there's, um, not to get too into it, but there's three different uh, tiers of taxes in the state of California. So there's like a Northern California tax, there's an LA County tax, and then there's an Orange County, and they're different tax rates. But um, they're all sick. They're all they're all like in the double digits. You know, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. retarded. You know. Um, do but yeah, so uh, just a quick question: mm. uh, Good or bad? Did you see any changes um, when you guys started really taking it serious as a business? Because I mean, you guys have all you guys are always been homies you Inter internally. Mean? You mean within yeah. within our infrastructure? Yeah. Um, yeah, we've had to definitely have some hard conversations with each other. Um, we we haven't uh, always agreed. Um, sometimes we just had to agree to disagree, kind of thing. Um, and it does get stressful when you're dealing with um, costs you know, operation costs and stuff like that, especially with the school. Um, you know, it was, uh, yeah, it was stressful for the first year because again, we weren't quite sure how to do it. You know, and we had never done it before. We were definitely giving it our best shot. You know what I'm saying? Trying to program it correctly and do whatever we could to, to attract students and attract interest. But, um, you know, with, with us having, I don't know, let's say in the beginning for the first year, maybe we only had 30 students, 30 regulars, you know what I'm saying? We still have to keep the lights on. We still have bills to pay. Mm -hmm. uh, we're definitely trying to pay ourselves as instructors, as employees, you know what I mean? Uh, we have a staff that we have mm -hmm. to take care of um, that works very hard for us. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's not to answer your question. It's definitely not easy. There's definitely, I, I'd have to say, like, that's probably be being in business together probably was the first time in all of our years that we really I wouldn't say we got out of each other's throats but we definitely like had some differences of opinion yeah. and um, just had some things to we had to iron out you know yeah. um, as friends and now as business partners Def so it definitely changes the dynamic a little bit um, but um, but ultimately for the better you know what yeah. I mean ultimately yeah. for the positive because it's at the end of the day it's our shit we own it, you know what I'm saying? And uh, we can program it, we can move it, we can keep it where we want. I mean, it's ours to do with whatever we choose, you know? So, um, so yeah, ultimately, like, it's, it's a good thing, you know? Are you guys going to try to open up another one? We've, um, we've actually had um, a couple people approach us. Um, so, um, we, we were offered to, um, I, I don't really want to say who with, but somebody very notable um, recently offered us um, to partner up with him in New York. And, nice. um, and somebody else, we've had some interest from Japan. Um, but nice. we're not quite there yet. Um, I'm thinking, you know, talking with the fellas, like, let's just really just hone in and just really get this LA location up and running, uh, focus on just making this as great as possible. And then maybe like within like two to three years, maybe we can start considering opening up, um, an extension, you know, another beat junkie Institute sound as a, as a business owner, almost like you guys, uh, I would actually, yeah, hold off on expanding. Yeah, for sure. I think expansion nowadays, I think we, I think me, myself, and my generation, we grew up in uh, the era where franchising and expanding was like a part of success in business. Right. And I think that's kind of, that's in this day and age, I think it's a little bit of a lie. I think mm. you're better off being more exclusive and staying where you are. Right, boutique. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not even boutique, but just being like Harvard is Harvard. There is no like Harvard Cali. Right. Everyone just has to go to Harvard. Yeah. They got to move. That's a good point. Yeah. You know, so for me, I, I always feel like just be the best one. As soon as you open two, 
you've got to have four eyes now. Yeah, yeah. And if you if if you you have two set of eyes, obviously, if there's another second set of eyes that you can't trust or doesn't uh, execute things that the standards that you hold, I agree 100 percent with everything you're saying. Then yep. you're better off not opening a second yep. one because yeah. what's going to happen is you're going to be spreading yourself thin over two locations. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you can't be there all the time. And you know what I'm saying, especially when it's bicoastal, you're yeah. going to go crazy. Oh, sure. yeah, you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're almost better off expanding the, the website. Right, exactly. And that's why we launched yeah. the. That's why we yeah. launched the website, Beach Junkies TV. Yeah. Definitely. So, uh, yeah. So yeah. I, I personally am not really like looking to you know open up a second or even possibly a third location um mm-hmm. it sounds great like in theory it, yeah like but, on but paper just, like, it sounds yeah, great but, uh, exactly. but trust me yeah. i thought about it all the things you just mentioned no. just like those are my reasons like not to do it it right? always sounds great and on there's paper, like a long yeah. list of cons like that like there's yeah there's obviously yeah. some pros in there too you know what i'm saying um but yeah it's just whoo that's it's a lot of pressure it's yeah. a lot of weight because honestly of like if you if, if i had a business and if it was really lucrative and i was like look i'm gonna take either a piece of this of the gross profits and put it into another business and possibly hemorrhage money for the next six months to build that location right. up and have it run. It's kind of like you can only really do that with restaurants because restaurants is built on consistency. Right. You know, yeah. it's like making one product really good over and over and over again. Right. If you have a limited menu like a mm-hmm. burger or an in-out burger, you know, it's it's fairly simple once the system yeah. is set. Yeah. With a school. Absolutely. You know, mm-hmm. with anything dealing with customer service that like tightly and having a curriculum and right. having people be the driving force of something yeah. and splitting that, it's yeah. it's a very different thing, I think. Yeah, yeah. And, and just and, and empowering and, and trusting people to teach like our method, our style of teaching. I mean, even me, like, took me like I'm still learning, um, mind you, but it took me a year to really get comfortable. And like I said, just think about like think about trying to. How would you guys explain like mixing to someone? Like, how would you sit there and articulate the concept of mixing right. I'll tell you a story I remember out here at, um, when I was at Body English there was this guy um, he played for Manchester United he was a soccer mm-hmm. uh, professional soccer player and so during the off season he had property out here I think in Summerlin and so he would come and chill in Vegas mm-hmm. whatever for a couple months and he used to always come to Body English his name was Matt super cool dude come in the booth and kick it and you know he was always like you know making comments about like DJing and what I was doing and you know stuff like that and so he's like one night he asked me like would you come by and teach me can you teach me Mm -hmm. I'm like yeah sure man like whatever you know what I mean cool cat so we exchange info he gives me his address I go to his crib in Summerlin right I think he gives me like a hundred bucks or whatever no big I wasn't you know I was just trying to help him so he's like he's got a turntable he has a Technics 1200 he has a mixer and so I bring some records and so I put on uh, I forget which 12 inch it was the LL Cool J 12 inch and I start trying to teach him how to scratch like the head note the burnt like I think it was I'm bad, right? I was like, okay, so like, you know, your visual marker's here. I was like, take your hand, put it here. And it was at that moment, I was like, damn, like, this is just not going to work. Like, how do I explain this to dude? You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, and, and now it's just like, you know, when we're actually teaching, we have a school, like we had to sit down and thoughtfully like iron out these notes. Thank God yeah. we have Mr. Chalk because, you know, he's a veteran when it comes to teaching, but like, it's definitely not an easy thing. You know what I'm saying? Right. And then as a teacher, you know, they're looking to you as the instructor. So you got to be fucking on point. You can't yeah. miss a fucking beat, man. You can't miss a scratch. You can't miss a blend. You can't hit the wrong button on Serato. Like you can't make any mistakes. There's no room for error. You know what I mean? So that's, it's cool, man. It's gotten us all really close to DJing again and I, in, a, in, a, in a good way that I think we probably haven't been for probably since the anniversary. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, just being on in front of the turntables all the time, thinking about music, thinking yeah. about the art, 
uh, the craft all the time and then creating these lessons and lesson plans it's fun it, it's actually oh really man. fun and it's really um, it's very fulfilling like I said yeah. when you see whether it's a child or like you know a young adult uh, oh man I get it like it clicks mm-hmm. it's like yeah. oh, it's so dope man it's just like it, it's a very rewarding it, it's cool man I, I really enjoy it we all enjoy it but do, um, do you feel like if you try to if you guys have tried to do this five years earlier it wouldn't have worked no nah, I don't think it would have worked it wouldn't I don't have think it would have worked yeah. the surprising thing is that you guys are pushing a school that is really uh, bringing back the essence of DJing from you know from the and originating from hip hop mm-hmm. uh, you know uh what, what would you call it? Like, uh, from hip-hop roots. Right. But it's funny that EDM really brought the DJ to the forefront. Commercialized it a commercialized lot. Commercialized it to the point where people wanted to become a DJ. Mm-hmm. For sure. So it's like if we didn't have EDM, mm-hmm. you wouldn't really have this large market of people who want to be DJs. right. Interested but it interested yeah. initially in- interested at the superstardom of it all. Maybe the, some of the music. Oh, mm-hmm. I love this music. I, or like hey this is I love this is so cool looking or I want to be a part of this yep. and then they come to your school and then they really learn the essence of what it is and how many right. times I want to kind of ask you two questions how many times have you gotten someone who came in thinking DJing was one thing and then figured out later that it was another mm-hmm. and had them totally change and seen this person's oh, yeah. kind of their, their whole um, perception of what DJing was about totally changed for, for the better. For, okay, for the better. Okay. Yeah, I, I I would not think for the worst have to go into your school, okay. right? Yeah. And then also seeing the next generation, where do you think they're headed and where that's going and how that's going to mix up because of of what the club scene is like and you know obviously what this new generation is, is kind of not obsessed with, but I would say there a lot of the, uh, the younger DJs are are into the routines. I was recently talking to a, a younger DJ who was doing like their first gig and was asking me about some pointers. Mm-hmm. And and I think in their head they thought DJing a night in a club was a bunch of routines. Mm-hmm. Like an Instagram routine, like one after another. And right. I was like, no, it's it's more about programming selection. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't really know how to really explain it to exactly. them. Exactly. Yeah, but I was I was just kind of like, you kinda gotta see play a song and read how the crowd responds. Yep. And then keep going, and then you know if you're hitting different genres, you know like kind of spread out like a branch. Yeah, you got to start you tell yeah. a story, take them on a journey, right? Yeah, yeah. But I sure. think for the younger generation, they how can you honestly how can you how can you tell that story through an Instagram one minute video? You can't. Yeah, no, 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 for sure. You like know what I mean? That's so something that's so like the, the only thing they do they know is these routines. They're just like, oh, I gotta have like. 20 routines to do a whole night right. it's like you know <laughs> no i think that this kid was like stressing out like i, I gotta have i gotta do two hours i've got like you know like like 15 routines <laughs> and i'm working on like six more I'm five short yeah yeah and i'm just <laughs> like dude short. you're gonna have like a fucking heart attack like uh, just imagine yeah. that <laughs> you imagine that shit like, every routine's three minutes <laughs> it's like yeah, doing yeah, a whole like, like red bull three style yeah, competition by yourself <laughs> it's like you're doing the whole red bull three com- exactly. uh, three style yeah, competition yeah, by yourself yeah. for yeah, like an yeah, hour yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. We we definitely, um, like I said, um, you know, the way our method of teaching, it's, you know, half lecture, half exercise. Yeah. So, um, you know, part of the lecture, uh, part of the things that we dialogue with the students about are, you know, there's there's many layers to DJing, right, mm-hmm. to the craft, you know what I'm saying? And we're going to present it to you, our style. Like, and, and Beat Junkie style is basically, it's that, it's mixing, party rocking, programming, music selection, and then it's scratching. You know what I'm saying? If you want to like dive more into like, you know, more intricate advanced techniques. But whatever you're gonna do, 
you know you do all these things and you do them well okay and so like definitely there's a skill in programming a nightclub there's a mm -hmm. skill in playing a two a four a six hour set at a vegas mega club right there's a skill in that you know what i'm saying and there's definitely we were very adamant about encouraging students to practice because whether you're a dj any fine art you play guitar you play piano um you're an athlete like you're only going to improve you're only going to elevate your skill set mm -hmm. master it potentially by practicing right. it's not just going to happen yeah there's like cats that like you, know, you hear about these naturals you know they're just gifted and then there, there are some out there like that you know but for the most part i'd say like 95 maybe even 97 98 percent of people have to work to be great at something mm -hmm. you have to fucking work at that shit man so i mean you can't just come to school come to class yeah we'll give you like you know we're gonna give you some bars for an hour a week two hours a week you know what i'm saying but like you have to like you know in your downtime come to student practice hours come through and practice if you have equipment at the house practice that's what, the only way you're going to get better what's been one of the main obstacles that you've been noticing uh with kind of the younger djs coming in a more instant gratification they wanted to come quicker a little bit more we, uh no i think uh we explained to them like it's not going to happen overnight some of them they get frustrated because they they expect to learn it like a new whether it's like a simple scratch a release ah ah yeah. ah they expect yeah. to like come to class for an hour and like learn it right away but it's you know if you're just learning mm -hmm. like yo you have to learn how to grip the fader you have to get used to like where to properly place your hand you have to read the visual marker you're using your headphones it's like it requires mechanics so it's just like and we explain like don't get frustrated you know what i'm saying don't like chalk tells them don't let frustration take you out the game you know what i'm saying because this doesn't come overnight for all of us right you know what i'm saying and in fact like you know things that we're teaching them they're learning in a year's time shit man like mixing probably took me like two maybe three years to like understand how to properly beat match get that nice tight <laughs> yeah. seriously man seriously it's like crazy. to do that shit live like in front of a live audience like yeah, yeah. you know what i mean like i was shoes in the dryer for a number of years you know what i'm saying when i was starting out like in the 80s and just learning but um yeah so we try and encourage them like you know encourage them to practice mm -hmm. um and so i think that kind of like you know calms them down okay cool like it's not just me another big thing is so when we do this vinyl final i was telling you guys about right so this assignment so they have to come up and perform that on the stage oh so, wow right in front of us right and we grade them we give them progress reports they get report cards um and in front of their their classmates right and every single one of them never fails every single one of them, they get up there and they're they're trembling man like they're nervous like they're on a stage like they're they're used to working at a workstation with a single monitor mm -hmm. in front of them they have their own kind of physical space they're isolated like they yeah. know they they feel like you know they're in their own little cubicle if you will but you get up on the stage and you got like you know 15 16 sets of eyes and ears on you and now you're on a loud sound system you know we got the bass cabinets we got the um qsc every mistake oh, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah everything and it just feels it feels different you know what i'm saying because you're playing on a, on a loud system like we bump in there like we, yeah. we we go hard you know and so they all say the same thing like oh my god i'm so nervous i get so nervous you know what i mean and we tell them yo like that never goes away like i've been doing this shit fucking almost 30 years like I'm not going to front like I, I step into a club or a gig or especially a showcase even a small bar where there's like 50 60 people and I know everyone's watching and listening yeah like for the first like two or three records like it takes me a few minutes to get settled in get comfortable yeah. let the nerves calm down a little bit maybe I'll need a cocktail or whatever to kind of like take right. the edge off yeah. a little bit but that's some real shit like don't let that fucking discourage you it'll never go you know away it never goes <laughs> away I don't know is that, that I mean how, how's it for y'all are y'all just like been doing it so long like you, you go to do a set like you guys have, I feel, still you get still nervous. Feel nerves. Like yeah, but right. I make sure I don't look nervous. Right, right, exactly, exactly. Sweating, when I shit. Get, <laughs> but inside, inside, I'm dying inside. You know what <laughs> I mean? So like sometimes when Sorry. I do a new venue that I've never done before, I get 
a little bit nervous. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But like you know, you, you settle in, right? Eventually, yeah, yeah, like you yeah. get the first like whatever ten so minutes, that, five that minutes. Just blood going. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. Like the tip off before the game. Yeah. But it, but it's also the fact that even if it's not going well, the first three or four, five records, or the first ten minutes of you going on, you still got to look confident. Mm-hmm. And not panic. Yeah. And you got to make sure you look like fuck this. Like. Yep. I know what I'm exactly. doing. Yeah, yeah, we tell them that too. Like, don't, <laughs> yeah. don't, don't, ah, don't do that. Don't shake. Don't be up there shaking your head. Like, you know, if you make a mistake or something happens, a record skips, whatever. Take your time. Close a fader. Take your needle back up. There's no hurry, dude. Yeah, Cue up. I got to tell you this. Like, even if you're bombing, and like, don't look like you're bombing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I I've seen some DJs, and I'm just in the like, club, dude. You mean? Yeah, and DJs they, in the club. Yeah, I'll see them, and I'm like. I'm like looking at them, and they're 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 not doing bad, but they're I the body language they, suggests they, that they look otherwise. like they think they're doing bad, right, right, and they're, they're and then it just kind of <laughs> fucks with the crowd because the crowd is looking at them like, yeah. are you not? They're, they're tearing, like, which oh. is kind of like you can just tell their face like, ah, uh, yeah, like right, what right. do I? Oh, right, like right, nervous. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. When I fuck yeah. up and like the record skips or something, I make sh- I I look at the fucking equipment like they did something wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a good thing. That's a good thing to do. I used to, you know, when I used like, to the, the sound, sound, man. That's yeah. a great thing. To, that's a great thing. To <laughs> it is like I used to miss vinyl because when I did like a fucked up mix or when things weren't going right and I went the wrong direction, you could like turn around and like pretend you're looking for <laughs> records and be like, oh my God, I suck. I fucking suck. Yeah, I fucking suck. And you're like, I remember I was like, I was having an off night and this was like probably in the early 2000s when I was on, I was on vinyl. Uh, okay. And I was turning around. I was going through my records. I'm like, you fucking suck. You fucking suck. Go home. And one of my boys like walked up and I was like talking to myself. I'm like, you fucking suck. And he was just looking at me like, are you talking to me? <laughs> Now, but we all have those moments, though, right? Like, hey, that's 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 real shit. Yeah, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Every, yeah, we all yeah. have bad nights. We yeah. all have an off blend, or we all like hit the wrong button in Serato, like load the shit to the wrong side. Like it, it happens to everybody. We're not bots. We're humans. You know what I mean? Like no one's perfect. You know what I mean? As much as you practice, as solid as you can be, like we're gonna make mistakes. It's gonna happen. Um, and just some people are harder on themselves than others. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But um, yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the greatest things would be Kick Capri would fuck up, and he'd mm-hmm. get on the mic. You like, pardon me, y'all. Yeah. You'd be like, mm-hmm. yo, pardon that. I'm the way fuck that I'm gonna bring this shit back let's do this shit the right way yeah, yeah, you're yeah. better off like uh, like owning it yeah, owning it up it. but yeah, having yeah. that confidence like yeah I fucked up yeah. like so what like I'm gonna keep this shit going like, yeah. even if you're not doing well or whatever just like just nah, fucking yeah. you gotta put do on it, a show yeah, I'm, I'm gonna keep show. blaming the equipment every time <laughs> What are you gonna do? It's just like you know the turntable. You're like what the fuck, <laughs> mixer? Why did you just like do that? Yeah. You know, you know what that is. Like, uh, you know, the examples you're citing, like with the kids, like, like making the faces and stuff. Like that's just inexperience, yo. Like that's just straight inexperience. You know what I mean? Like uh, you, you spend enough time, like you know, DJing or like whatever. If you're a musician playing whatever, and you know, get experience, like you know not to do that. You know yeah. not to like you know, yeah. <laughs> start crying or whatever. Like I don't know, man. <laughs> so, so this uh, the vinyl final. Mm-hmm. And you guys get that hand. The so there hasn't been one that was just like, yo, they're cool as a cucumber and they're confident they do this shit. Pretty much all of them kind of go through some type of. Dark, I would be fucking nervous even now. How many people are watching this, by the way? Like watching the whole graduating class or something? What oh, so the graduation's different. So the vinyl final no, no, happens no, no, the, at our school. Yeah, the vinyl yeah. final. How many people are watching the vinyl final? Uh, so yeah, twelve plus two instructors. T. I'd say probably. 16 18 something like that 
Okay. Yeah, so very, very intimate, you know, uh, super uh, 20 small. people is not intimate yeah. Yeah. for a 10-year-old. <laughs> yeah. No, not the kids. This is for the adults. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you don't put the kids through this? No, no, no. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were teaching the them young. Not the final, final. Actually, you know what? Maybe they do because I don't, I don't personally teach the kids class anymore. So I'd have to cross-check that with uh, Babu and Shock. There might, there might be a vinyl. I know they put the, the kids do get up on stage and perform. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. I don't think there's an actual final where they're graded, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong. How did you grade? Like, but do letters or numbers? So just as one to five scale. Um, and just uh, different, we have different categories okay. and stuff, and they get progress reports. You print them out. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just like a regular school. Is it difficult, putting, cards is it difficult putting ones? Um, I've, never, I've never had to put a one. Dang. Yeah, yeah. Even if he wanted to, even if it was so bad that you was just like, I can't do the one. You give him like a two. one. One has probably got to be more attitude based, right? It's, um, no, because they're all they're all excited to do it. You know, they're all passionate about it. They they're there obviously because they want to be there. You're not like Leo's an asshole, but he's good. <laughs> but I'm gonna give him two. <laughs> no. no, but we we've had some. I had one student uh, last year that she was struggling. Like she was struggling just her rhythm. Like just you know just took her longer to to develop and so um she we had to hold her back um just had her have not hold her back but we had to have her repeat uh, a couple levels before she could graduate um just because like she just learned at a much slower pace mm-hmm. um but you know um you know we're always mindful trying to like just you know speak to them constructively you're not trying right. to like you know like discourage Smack people like well the same for you man <laughs> you fucking suck <laughs> like no man you know what i'm saying like we all sucked when we first started you know what i mean so um but yeah, but that doesn't happen very often. I think there's been two students like that, both adults, um, that we've had to have them repeat just because we want them to to get it down. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, and at the end of the day, ultimately for us, like you know, if and when um, all some of our students go on and start DJing, and you know, oh, I went to the Beat Junkie Institute of Sound, like they're a reflection of us. Yeah, you know can't what I'm saying? Have so them, like, not knowing yeah, we can't have them up there bricking and you know hey, what I'm saying? I'm like from Beat Junkies, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Fucking up your name, like, yo, man. That yeah, school man. sucks, bro. You heard yeah, it. The last three motherfuckers those I heard. students are horrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they cleared the room out. For, for, for graduation, for graduation, do you guys give out like something cool? Like yep. the ring or what? So we give out a ring. So we, 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 we approach it like... um. We got to go, guys. I want a ring. <laughs> <laughs> like, a, uh, like a dojo, like a martial arts dojo. You know how there's like a purple belt, purple belt blue belt, white belt. So mm-hmm. we give them like we have different levels. So if they graduate a program, they get um, a white ring. So like a white belt, it's kind of like mm. we're you know like kind of honoring them with that, and then they get um, a plaque, graduation plaque, and we do the actual graduations. Um, we've been doing them at this place called the Brew Yard. It's a brewery, small spot, um, but they can invite their friends and family. It's mm-hmm. open to the public. Um, obviously, people that are just hanging out, having wings and beer, like they can you know they're spectators. Um, but yeah, those are a big deal because the graduation they perform a 15 minute set in front of. It's like a gig. So like the last graduation was uh, that was in March. And there was probably a good 150. Wow. Between 150 and 200 people there. So they had an actual audience. Um, but it's real dope, man. Like they get up there, we introduce so, them. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like a gig. Yeah. Like we so yell next up. Like this. Another graduation coming up soon, right? We have uh, the next one. Uh, our next graduation class is August. This um, August. That's mm-hmm. great. Yep. And the class that I'm teaching with Rhett, they just finished level three. So they have another. Uh, probably seven. yeah seven months seven or eight months to go and then we'll host graduation for them nice. so um yeah it's, it's it's cool man it's really cool yeah if you guys are ever in la please fall through no, yeah, definitely, there. I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm gonna come this past, <laughs> next week and we offer private lessons too um i've we've all done a number of private lessons and it's just for people that for the most part they're experienced um 
and they want to learn a certain technique from me or they want to learn a scratch from Babu or they want to work with Chalk and talk to him about radio and and the interests range like I, I had this one guy come in early on after we first opened and he just wanted to talk about uh, live DJing he wanted to talk about song selection programming spinning at clubs you know what yeah, I mean? yeah. he wanted to know what my approach was for that you know what I'm saying so I walked him through and opened up my Serato crates and just kind of showed him my process with that um, and then we ran through a couple of mixes he showed me a couple things I was like show me a couple things that you're doing you know um, and then so he would show me like a mix or two something that was always part of his set and I'd be like okay well, let's try it this way like try doing this you know what I mean um, so stuff like that and then I have people that come in and just want to learn I saw you do this biggie juggle on IG like can you teach me some of the can you teach me that one move that you did that one yeah. technique and then I have people that come in and just want to learn a scratch they want to like practice scratching with me for an hour you know so um i just want to scratch for an hour so does the school take up a majority of your time i'm there two days a week um and but in the beginning we were all there we're open six days a week but in the beginning we were all there five six days a week wow, yeah, until yeah. and then eventually we figured out like damn we got to kind of find some yeah, kind of yeah. schedule here um shock and babu were there full time so they're there four days a week um and yeah myself and Rhett Maddock are there two days a week J-Rock comes through for things like a master class or for doing like a special event um every once in a while when shortcuts in town he'll mm -hmm. come through and you know do something with us um we do um Q and A's so we've had um crazes come through like a panel you know what I mean we'll put them on stage um you know and the, they, they bring people out so we'll get like 200 people in wow. our spot and they'll come to hear you know craze talk about you know his history with DJing and we had Cuber come through Z Trip came in did something most recently we had Jazzy Jeff um, he was our guest there and that was packed uh, that was super dope um, so yeah we do just different kind of events and stuff like mm -hmm. that so um, but yeah I'm there twice a week um, but you still you're still gigging because I see you're uh, you're coming out like for best friend and on the record mm -hmm. out here that just opened at the park MGM yep and uh, are you you're, are you guys tight with Roy Choi yeah, that's the homie. Yeah, so he yeah. um he had a spot in L.A. um in Koreatown in K Town um it was uh, the Lion Hotel, but he had a restaurant called Pot, and so um you know he's a uh, Roy's uh, shout out to Roy. He's an Angelino through and through, so you know he's around our age, and um he came up on the same musical interest that we all did. He's a you know heavy indie hip hop fan and yeah, yeah. knows what's up with the crew. Um and so when he opened up that restaurant, he wanted to bring in. He's like, I want to have you guys come DJ. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So we started. That was in 2014, 2015. So it's real, real chill, just like a, a lobby bar, a hotel lobby bar. Mm -hmm. But he wanted like our flavor. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah, we would yeah. do that. I think once a week or once a month, something like that. Maybe it was a monthly. Um, so we did that for maybe three years, and then um, yeah, we knew that he was going to be opening mm -hmm. up a spot out here. So he's like, man, I got some coming for y'all. Yeah, you guys did the grand so. opening, right? We did, yeah, 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 for New Year's New Year weekend. I thought it was dope because it was like really bringing like the essence of LA yeah, to yeah, Vegas, yeah. you know yeah, what I mean? Sure, having yeah. you guys be cool and then having you, the beat junkies do like the grand opening. Word, yeah. yeah. I was feeling the vibes on that shit. Nah, I was, yeah. like, I was yeah. liking yeah. it a lot. Yeah. Word, 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 thank you. Yeah, that was fun. It was really cool about that, um, spinning in the restaurant. Um, because obviously that's the format, you know, it's Roy, so he wants, like, he wants us to do our shit, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. so we played everything. We played some classic hip-hop, you know, but ate all the stuff that you see in the record pool. 80s yeah. funk, R&B, disco, breaks, rock and doubles, our style. Um, but, man, there was so many people that came up to the booth just, like, giving us pound, like, just yeah. for, the, for the music selection. Yeah. We're not up there, like, doing battle routines or nothing. We're just, like, you know, we're just... We're vibing, you know what I'm saying? Having, like having some fun. Playing yeah. tunes. Playing yeah, exactly. Music. And people yeah. that just really appreciated it. It was just yeah. like, wow, this is fucking perfect timing yeah, yeah, right yeah. here. Like, this yeah. is the kind of gigs that we, we want and should be doing, you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Um, 
so yeah shout out to roy and, and everybody at best and, friend and then you guys are on the menu yeah, yeah, yeah. There is, yeah. They here's on the menu. Yeah, it's an old picture. That's an old. Jimmy, that's Jimmy said y'all went to high school together. I heard you guys went we to did? high school together. Oh, with, oh, with Roy. Um, no. somebody told me that. I know. I personally did. No, he made that uh, shit up. We didn't throw me under the bus. Never. No, no. <laughs> no, no, no. no I, I heard that somewhere. No, because we all. No. Yeah, I was gonna confirm that or deny that. I can see, I can see that shit just spewing out of Jamie's mouth. Like, oh, <laughs> I was like, really? Oh shit! I didn't know. Yeah, yeah that's, that's right. somebody told me that. They went to school. Like, they went to school with yeah. junkies. Yeah. He said they, they have the picture. Nah, we're all we're all LA heads. We're all uh, Southern California kids. Well, so, I like how that Roy Choi is like a you know he's become like a staple, a representative of LA, and then uh, you know you guys, you know after twenty five years, how do you guys feel about you know your presence? in cali and la because um, i feel like you guys are a staple i feel like and i'm uh, i think your school will hopefully become a bigger staple and dare i say a landmark of la you know what i mean yeah, if you yeah, guys yeah. keep going you know it's kind of working towards that we've kind of become i think i was saying this before we started recording we've kind of become like this the hub for just the dj community in la mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying like we get people that um literally fly in from japan from europe from australia they come straight from LAX to the school. Like, they literally walk in with a suitcase because we're, like, our spot is like some bucket list shit. You know what I mean? And they come and they want to scratch with us or they want to oh, just wow, take man. pictures. And it's it's really dope, man. Um, so, but to answer your question, yeah, I mean, LA's, uh, that's home base for us. That's our home turf. We're all, you know, born and raised out there. Um, and we're always going to represent that, that LA shit, you know what I'm saying, um, through and through. Um, so, and yeah, just uh, after being in the game this long as the beat junkies we always say our brand is bigger than all of us individually yeah you know and so um you know after being around this long we could step out to a do-over you know a couple times a summer we can throw our own night something like an anniversary or a special one-off or you know we can go do something yeah. really low-key at this like cool posh little bar over here and like people will come through and you know what i'm saying come out and support um because when we when we do dj now um because we have the record pool because we have the school because we have b junkies tv we're kind of more selective about um, the nights that we do right um so you know unfortunately we can because you, to be that you way. want the nights to be on brand with right. what exactly. what you're doing exactly yeah. exactly so um so yeah so um you know we don't we don't we don't DJ as often as we used to, but that's kind of by, by choice, by design. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, but yeah, at home we try and like just like you know just kind of like keep a low pro, and if we do do something, um, yeah, we try and make it special. You know what I'm saying? Or make it unique from the last gig that we did or the next time you're going to see us. Jamie, you know? Jamie kind of called you guys the um, the Wu Tang of oh. DJing. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. I and know I about that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I have I kind of agree with him. Mm. You know. Uh, I think 25 years is something to be very proud of. The logos, like you could spot it anywhere. Yeah. Uh -huh. Thank you. And it's yeah. known. <laughs> and it's like you guys know, you guys are kind of spread out. Individually, you guys are great. And then together, you guys are still great. Yeah, thanks, so, so I'm like, yeah, it's kind of like you haven't seen no u like unity on DJing. Like, I mean, you guys damn near have more members, but it's like i don't know it feels like that it feels like the, yeah, the wu-tang of um, dj well i'm glad I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that because that's really like um that's really what it is i mean we're family we're crew you know what i'm saying we're brothers we've been down with each other half a lifetime you know what i mean um but and, i think uh, it's also the I'm fact glad that, that it translates that way you know i think it's also for the fact that the wu-tang brand has you know went gone beyond just music it's you know it's like it's where you rock the but i mean it's, it's it's an expansion it's like a it's like yeah. you know it's, yeah, it's no, gone no. beyond it's like a movement so mm. i think it would be on the group yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and then yeah. like when when i was like djing and stuff like that when i began djing 
like we all the little crew that I hang out with, we all kind of had our favorite member of the B Junkie. Oh, <laughs> like my boy, like my <laughs> chill, like my my boy uh, Triumph. Like he was a big fan of you, oh, and then I was a you know I was a big fan of Mr. Chuck. No disrespect to you, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it was just like one of those things where so it's just I was like, a fan of Mr. Fucking Chuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yo, Mr. Chuck cool. is so dope. They're, they're kind of like the Spice Girls too, as well. Shut up. It's funny because we do get people. Um, you know, I, we all of us, all the junkies, will get. Um, messages or comments from time to time you're my favorite junkie or you know what i mean stuff like that or people you know they'll come up to us at like a, like the anniversary and they'll buy a t-shirt and we're signing this shirt and um you know they take a picture and like oh my favorite junkie yeah, yeah. and you know what i mean so it's cool man it's just like it's funny like uh this analogy i can make for you guys so like okay so when i was working out here like in the nightclub um it's always nice i mean obviously like you know working being a working dj like you know uh, part of it is getting paid right yeah, you know of what i'm course. saying but um Ultimately, for me, like, and I don't know how you guys feel about this, because I know we've all had moments like this where it's like, let's say you're playing a club set, and, um, you know, out here in Vegas, you're playing whatever, Hawkson or whatever, and you get somebody that just comes up to you, and they're like, yo, you're fucking dope. You're like, you know what I mean? Like, versus, like, someone like, oh, yeah, you're a great DJ, good job, DJ. But someone, like, you can tell, that, like, in the way they say it to you, they express it to you, like, yeah. they really appreciate what you were doing as a DJ. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Whether it was, like, fucking putting together a nice little fucking power set or quick mixing or, like, finessing something with a scratch. Like, to me, that's the stuff that's invaluable. Right. Like, I'm going to remember that, and that's going to last with me way longer than that paycheck or whatever the money I got for, yeah, for the gig yeah. that night. I don't know if you guys, uh, if you feel that way about that kind of stuff, but to me, like, some of my best nights um, just across the board, whether it's out here or somewhere else or overseas, have been those moments. Mm -hmm. Just like, damn, like, I really, like, fucking connected with this person. You know what I'm saying? They really, truly appreciate, like, what I did. Like that's just like I said, it's just you can't put a price tag on some shit like that. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So yeah. um so yeah, that's just someone that truly appreciates like you know, it's kind of, it's like kind of why we, we all do this, right? To yeah, make that yeah, connection, yeah. you know, with the crowd. The, yeah. And if not, you know. Are you guys have any other questions? Uh, I'm good. You good? No more Wu Tang Spice Girls. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Yeah, you, know what you know what y'all need before we get out of here is, uh, man, you guys need that when you do the intros, like, oh, you know, blah, 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 your guys legacy of the 25 years and you guys you know you guys are approaching what like uh 30. probably 30 soon right 30 years, 20, 20, 22 22 years yeah probably yeah and uh yo i mean uh congratulations on all the success thank you and mm -hmm. i hope you guys you know continue it on and continue to push the craft and the brand and the movement forward and uh yo thanks so much for coming yo, through man thanks for us. i appreciate y'all it's my pleasure thank no you very time. much yeah, thank yeah, you, yeah, man. yeah yeah the ghost sir yeah. the ghost <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys. All right, we're done. Make sure you uh, subscribe and comment on all our stuff on YouTube, youtube.com slash world podcast. Go ahead, uh, drop comments. We're dropping videos every Friday. Hit the notification bell so you can get alerts when we upload. Yes, and shout to the number one no. record pool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Digital record pool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, we're out. Peace. Right, peace.